0: Get pitted, so pitted like that. Welcome to Pitted, the podcast that pits one subject against itself and asks the question, what happens when one era comes up against another? We tackle music, we tackle film, we tackle sports, and tonight, we take on Faith No More. Before we get started, how are we, boys? Cardi, Moose? Great, man. Welcome back. Not bad. Doing Not bad, good? Eh? You good, good, boys? So, you wanted to come back after episode one, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm actually pumped for uh, episode two.
1: Long weekend coming up, so um, I think yeah. it, I think all of us, all three of us, look pretty relaxed. Um,
0: Thanks for giving yeah. it away for the fact that we pre-record this too, mate. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> <that's a pleasure. laughs> I'm sure but, our viewers understand that we're
1: working men and you know have families and look forward to long weekends. I'm sure that'll be fine.
2: I, Cardi, I the viewers aren't going to be able to see this, but <laughs> Cardi's got a new. Uh, a new, a new slick haircut. That's a that's a haircut you can set your watch to, there, mate.
1: <laughs> Johnny you notice no, a you can set your watch to. <laughs> hey, hey, I am I am matching the Johnny and I's haircut with the tool T-shirt at home.
0: Viewers can't see that, so I'm all, that- all business upstairs, metal downstairs, all right. S- sorry, mate. <laughs> just 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 pull it out a bit because it actually it's crumpled up. It says I Emma in front of the tool. so.
2: So, so what's that business upstairs and metal downstairs? So you got you got nice nice cropped hair cut up top and you got hairy balls.
1: Pretty much, you know. Um, no one no one goes downstairs these days. So uh, why do the maintenance, huh? Why why get the wick right. snipper
0: out? So just just to confirm, episode one, it took thirty seconds for a mum joke, and now we're already talking about Cardi's balls. I think I think that was a good. I think that was a good time limit to get to that. I think we're yeah, good. Fair <laughs> enough. Just a uh, reminder to all our listeners, anyone who listened to episode one, we do consume alcohol in this show and can get a little loose in terms of language. Um, so, if you're offended by any of that stuff, look, probably turn off now or, you know, flick it over to your mum and dad and say, hey, there's a podcast that you might want to listen to. It's not for me.
1: We're just talking about our bo- my balls and you throw the warning Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's go to sponsors <laughs> all right big shout out to our uh, major sponsor WAL. they provide the best grooming gear <laughs> they don't sponsor us a big shout out to k and k landscaping uh, family business operating in the illawarra and Shellhaven. they'll take care of all your turf garden and small tree maintenance as well as minor construction head to instagram kk landscape or send them an email at kklandscaping at yahoo.com uh, and Kenan and Karen, they'll sort you out. I'll be calling them soon to uh, trim my bushes. And now we're back on the balls. <laughs> speaking right, of please. alcohol though, what are we uh, speaking of alcohol, what are we drinking tonight, gentlemen? Well, um,
2: I'm drinking what Cardi calls the Japanese VB Asahi. <laughs>
1: I'm not. I'm not knocking it. It's a quality. It's a quality bevy. It is better than VB and you. Um, you know, take that it's, back. It's just not up to my standards. You know, tonight I'm drinking um, Deeds Brewing. Um, it's called Daydreaming in Spring. It's a uh, hazy pale ale. <laughs> and, the look even on, even wet? and the look what? on both sure your faces. You sure that's not a white wine spritzer? <laughs> it, it, it looks. What? It looks pretty white wine spritzer, doesn't it? More like white. <laughs> it sounds like it. Look, after this is done, I'm going to call. Uh, I'm going to call my butler, Nigel, Looks like bro, it. For, for some brie and a glass of okay. <laughs> to go with Day- it. What was it? Daydreaming in spring. Daydreaming in spring. Have it you dropped the like load, load in that? Look at the colour of it. <laughs> look, it's, it sounds it sounds blousy. It's five point seven percent. So look, it's it's beaten your Asahi, all right. God, so you'll be asleep after thirty minutes. Great,
0: dentist. What are you having, mate? Mate, I have uh, I've switched the wine for this one, but inadvertently I went for a shiraz um, because anyone who listened a- to episode one, I Do you uh, have a glass. A bit- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a second, I could only see the bottle, and I was like, "Man, <laughs> I'm playing <laughs> hardcore." It, brother. <laughs> no, if anyone who listened to episode one, I uh, got a bit heavy on the uh, what was I drinking? Johnny Walker Blue oh, Label. Johnny Walker, that was right. Yeah, um, a nice birthday present. I I can't afford that stuff myself. The Uh, whole whatever. Jacob's Creek Double Barrel Shiraz, uh, which was finished in aged Scotch whiskey barrels. So nice. Not not too much of a departure, but it's actually pretty good.
1: There you go.
0: Tonight, guys, we're
1: covering off um, what we're calling the uh, Jim No More. So, we're going Angel Dust and The Real Thing, which is uh, Jim Martin's uh, influenced albums versus King for a Day and album of the year which is uh no Jim, and where you find mike patton that's more of the mike patton blossoming era
0: blossoming is probably not the right word (laughs) but anyway that's what we're covered no you're right like uh it's the mike patton era uh of faith no more and largely considered their best era i mean they've been around for a while since the early 80s so um yeah i'm actually looking forward to this one personally
2: all right, so um, the way we're going to do it, we're going to do this in uh two rounds. Um, it's going to be the usual. Um, we're going to compare the four albums against each other. We're going to, uh, round one, it's going to be Angel Dust and King for a Day, Full for a Lifetime against each other. So that would be the transition from Jim to the no Jim era. And then in round two, we're going to pit the real thing, the first album that Mike Patton came into the band versus... Album of the Year, which was their last uh, release in the 90s. We're going to compare the intros, the singles, and the outros. The Real, the Real Thing and Angel Dust had five singles versus three singles on the other two albums, but um, coincidentally, they had a single as an intro and an outro on both those albums, so we'll include that in the intros and sing- in the, in the outros, and that will leave three singles versus each out of the albums. Cool.
1: Let's, let's cover off, boys. When did we first hear "Faith No More?
2: Not so much hearing first, but I can still picture like, you know, it would have been six or seven when um, the epic film clip came out. I yep. can just remember the colour. Oh, yeah. You know, it's quite, it's quite an abstract film clip. Everyone's jumping around and whatnot. I just remember the flash and the colours and that. But I'd probably say I started recognising their music was through Bill and Ted's Burger's Journey. <laughs> First of all, at the start, when Jim Martin comes into the, into the movie, what was it again? What school was it?
1: It was the Faith No More
0: uh, Spiritual. Spiritual and, and Theological Centre. So yeah. Which is and brilliant.
1: <laughs> and it. he was, what was he? The, was he the professor or? He, he was Sir, Sir Jim Martin.
0: That's Sir it. James, <laughs> Sir James Martin. Sir yeah. James Martin. Sir James, James Martin, yeah.
1: yeah. But I
2: remember seeing him in that film clip and then recognising him and then actually hearing Faith and More the first time was the the van scene driving out to the Joshua Tree when evil Bill and evil Ted are going to kill him.
0: Well, <laughs> interesting anecdote. That didn't appear of any of the on any of the albums that we are pitting against each other tonight. Right. But it was actually recorded in an, an, like an original state uh, back for the real thing. And it was yes. named, what was it called? Sweet Am- uh, Sweet emotion? Something like that. Anyway, it it wasn't as good as the final product, but it was still still pretty banging. Yeah, Yeah. 1991, so it was
1: like pretty much bang like um, after the real thing, yeah, or at the end of the real thing, yeah. So, um, yeah, I found that interesting as well doing the research, um, going back and looking and going, hmm, didn't feature on any of it. It was on the greatest greatest hits though. What about you, dentist? When did you you first hear the... uh, the the spectacular
0: base 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 awesomeness of Faith No Yeah, it was pretty much similar to Moose, um, but I think in reverse order. So the first time I really come to attention was through Bill and Ted. Uh, basically, like when when uh, Sir James Martin, sorry, I almost called him Jim, came out and station. <laughs> what a shithead! Um, what just a two shithead. of the greatest lines in that movie. Um, but then, obviously, finding out who he was, and then I, I vividly remember watching the epic film clip, just with the lightning and just the music itself, though as well. It was like nothing. It was like really nothing that was around at that time, because you had probably the closest thing would have been almost the anthrax back in the eighties, right? Would that bring the noise that they did with? Um, oh, no, I know, do kill. with the clocker, Public Enemy. Public Enemy, that's the one. Yeah, so that was kind of the first real song that you had that metal versus rap stuff, and I remember. I hadn't heard that yet. But when I heard Epic, I'm just like, holy shit. Um, and just the power of that chorus. Uh, and then you sort of explore a bit more. And obviously the real thing, I, I got that album and you've got From Out of Nowhere, Falling to Pieces. You've got, you know, just so many great songs on the album. that kind of went from there. Been a fan ever since. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a devotee, but in doing the research back for this, uh, this episode, Jesus, like I just know. fell back in love with him Some something severe
2: yeah have yep. not like have not got sick of listening like over and over of faith no more in the last say
0: month mate I was well, I literally I think I told you boys just before we went on I went camping. I've got a story about camping, I have to say before we get off, but <laughs> um, since i have been back all afternoon, I've just been pumping all four albums in a row just over yeah. and over and over, uh, one in particular, which I'll tell you about a bit later, but um when I, so I took the family camping uh, kids' first camping uh, up in the Sunshine Coast hinterland. And it's a little like a farm stay thing. Anyway, they've got this – every morning at around 9 o'clock, you can go and feed the animals. There's like pigs and geese and deer and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, this morning, uh, we took the kids there and baby goslings were born. It was awesome. The kids were loving it. Uh, And then all of a sudden, the mother pig came and ate one of the goslings in front of the kids. There was screaming. There was (laughs) tears. It was like – I, I couldn't believe it was happening right. In He's place.
3: already dead. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it
0: was brutal. So, wow, wow, well. so, uh, that's that's the trip I'm coming off, guys. So hopefully, <laughs> <That's cold. laughs> hopefully, I don't have PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about you. What about your kids? <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't think they saw They were a bit too young, but uh, there were certainly other kids there who were just like absolutely mortified Jeez.
1: over what they saw. Uh,
2: yeah. Cardi, when did you first hear of him, mate?
0: Uh, look, without sounding like a repeating wheel
1: here, um, yeah, very similar Bill & Ted's uh, Bogus, Bogus Adventure, Bogus <laughs> Journey, sorry. Um, yeah, and also also the epic film clip. It was, you know, I remember just like, you know, Saturday morning rage and stuff like that, and you'd just be like drawn to the TV when that came on. It was just like that powerful. Um, I had a bit of a break and not really interested in that much anymore, and then when I got back into it was actually Black Hawk Down, the movie, good oh, movie. Yeah. Um, and they've got Falling to Pieces as one of their uh, prep, like when they're prepping to go to battle, they've got Falling to Pieces cranking while the guys are loading up. And I go, oh, faith no more. And that's when I pretty much went back out, got all their albums again. And, you know, they, they got a fairly regular repeat in the um,
0: on the iPod and in the car and stuff like that after that. So, yeah. A bit yeah. bit of exposition there from Black Elk down to having a song falling to pieces uh, just before the <laughs> helicopter falls to pieces in, and in actually, Somalia, in Mogadishu. It's and it's actually, exactly. Cardi,
2: you're bringing up the iPod there. I associate Faith No More with your iPod 1 and late nights at doing security overnight, listening to evidence and whatnot.
1: Mate, I've still got that iPod. One, I don't know if it powers on anymore. I've heard it's a collector's item now on the internet. So, I've been hanging on to it when it's worth 20 grand again. But, yeah, I've still got it hanging around here in the study. But, um, yeah, I remember, yeah, cranking cranking the uh, iPod, doing security, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Some good songs on there. All right. So, round
2: one, Faith Hill. Oh. Let's go. Oop. What, what about a bit Faith, of- uh,
1: Faith Hill. <laughs>
0: get, Hill. Get out. Get out. This
3: now. kiss, this kiss. It's great.
0: <laughs> we, we should do the 90s Divas. We should do like Taylor Dane versus Bette Midler versus Sophie Biddle. Braxton. Yes. Damn. Tony, oh, Jesus. Don't bring her up again. What about, um? who, who saying, Man, I Wish I Was a Woman? Uh Shanae Twain.
1: Shania Twain. Shania Twain. Shanae Twain. Oh, man, I used to love watching her. So, uh, the dentist, please give us a bit of an overview of Faith No More. a Bit of background, bit of bit of you know uh, how they came about for the uh, listening audience.
0: Yeah, well, the, I mean, unlike the Foo Fighters, Faith No More is not, I guess, a lot of people's go-to band, are they? Like, they're not as big as Fooies or like Metallica or all those sort of guys, but they've just been around for such a long time. They came around in the early '80s. Uh, they had two albums uh, that they released. Uh, I think I can't remember the years, but it was early in mid '80s sort of showed glimpses of what was to come, uh, but was still relatively entrenched in the, you know, that new wave punk sound uh, that was around in that sort of late 70s, early 80s. Um, they really broke in 89, uh, which was just on the verge of the soon-to-be musical revolution that was going to happen in Seattle. In fact, a lot of those mu- uh, musicians in Seattle, a lot of those bands actually cite Faith No More as an influence. Yeah, Metallica
2: um, like are always wearing their stuff. You see those late 80s. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, you, you know, Well. Uh,
2: for one year, Courtney Love sung for them, 83, oh, 84. Faith No More. Yeah. Yep. Jesus. And it's on
1: YouTube too. Wow. What was that? It, like? uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot of people actually say, look, you have to give her it credit that she was actually part of Faith No More's history. Yeah. Um, I've heard the recordings. I'm guessing Moose, you've heard the recordings. Um, it, was probably a, it was probably a sketchy recording, but um, I didn't really like what I... I was, I've never been a big Courtney Love fan, so I was like, I'm glad she came and then quickly departed. I liked her in The
0: People versus Larry Flint. I'll
2: give her due, <laughs> I'll give her due though. You've got to watch uh, her MV, whole MTV Unplugged. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, okay. It actually does when show
2: how talented she is like on guitar and singing. It's, it is pretty when, good.
0: When, when was that recorded?
2: Uh, probably a year after uh, Nirvana one.
1: Yeah, so she she was a, she was a member of the lineup in the um, 1980s. I think it was between it was was it Chuck the more the Chuck Mosley before
2: Chuck Mosley before he Chuck. Was another, yeah, they went, they went through about five singers first. I think.
1: Mm. Yep. Speaking of uh, singers, while we're, while we're on an interesting uh, tidbit, guess who was uh, also approached to uh, replace Old
0: Chuck before Mike Patton? Mm, I don't know. Big big name. I'm going to guess though. Go. George Michael. Ac- Nana. I reckon it's Axl Rose. Wrong. Damn it. Chris Cornell. Ah. Oh. Mm. yeah. that would have been pretty interesting, actually.
1: Yeah, supposedly he turned it down, but supposedly, just going off what I found during oh. in research, uh, he was approached uh, to replace Chuck before they settled on Mike. Can you ma- ma- imagine, imagine that, I- that change I- in history if they'd taken the job? Oh, I imagine seeing the, the
2: start of the real thing.
1: It yeah. is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: Sorry. Sorry,
0: hey, um, Denton. No, sorry, Denton. It, sorry. No, no. Was that Chris Cornell or Crash Test Dummies that you were doing then?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was, um,
2: once Tony Charles. <laughs> Tony Charles.
3: <laughs> Why do you do it? Where do you treat us so bad? We'
1: many
3: to crash.
1: Imagine that on
0: Epic. <laughs> oh, God. Tony, if you're listening, we loved you back in the 90s. Yeah. Um, no disrespect. But look, yeah, no disrespect. Back, I think let's circle back to what I was originally talking about. And the real in 89. thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's when they broke with the real thing, which was 89, on the verge of the uh, the big grunge movement that blew up. Uh, and as I said, there's so many musicians around the early 90s and beyond, you know, you new metal uh, and all those sort of guys. Every time I, I look at in an interview or read an interview, they come up as an influence. So, and as we will find out during this, this episode, um, some of their songs in particular, I reckon, were the spawn point for a lot of those genres that come afterwards.
2: Oh, oh like they might cite it, but you can just hear
0: it, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, and as I said, there's there was some, uh, some of the songs in particular on Angel Dust and um, King Crude I just heard it and I'm like, holy shit, that's literally. That band. That band. Yeah. yeah. 89 was also, as we said, when Mike Patton joined, replaced Chuck, who was best known for the track We Care A Lot, which was an awesome track, had a really cool groove, um, that really percussive Mm -hmm. bass, which kind of defined their early sound in the early 90s there.
2: It feels like Flea, you know, that little bass that Pop and Slappy does before the chorus goes diddling, diddling. It sounds like he's ripped that off of one of the, the Chili Peppers' later songs. Yeah, I can't possibly. remember off. Um, might be off one hot minute. Um, mm. I can't remember which one, but
0: who? Flea ripped it off. Or? Flea ripped it off.
2: Obviously, if it's a one yeah. hot minute. But um, that um, Chuck Mosley era, especially. Have you seen the film clip? We care a lot and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, so it's around that Mofo Party Chili Peppers. So they're both in the same sort of genre, there, aren't they? As you can yeah. see it's it's really similar there.
0: And even like, you know, we'll get into a bit later as well, but songs like Be Aggressive, like as soon as I heard that again, I was like, holy shit, yeah, that's kind of that mofo uplift kind yep. of era. Or even some of the One Hot Minute stuff as well kind of sounded a bit like that as mm. well. So definitely some influence there. But and probably with One
2: Hot Minute, you got, um, what's his name, the guitarist out of um, Jane's Addiction. So then, yeah. that's a similar stuff getting dragged across there, isn't it?
0: Well, Jane's Addiction were another one of the massive bands around that sort of late 80s. They had, um, you know, Nothing Shocking which I still think is their best album. I know that Ritual D. Yeah. Well, I, can't, I can't pronounce it, but, um, you know, the one with um, Being Caught Stealing. But the one before that,
2: Nothing Shocking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Nothing Shocking He's still my favourite. It's got, um, you yeah, know, just awesome tracks on it. So, Avery's uh, bass is so good. Coming down the mountain.
2: Yeah.
3: Anyway.
0: But, yeah, yeah. So, so it was basically <laughs> Faith and More and James Addiction were the big ones at that time. Mike Patton came in. They recorded the real thing, which is kind of already done before he got there. And I think uh, reading the, some of the liner notes, uh, the producer was saying that basically Mike Patton came in and said, look, can I make a few changes here and there? The band said no. He basically went away and record, uh, wrote the lyrics, the melody, and recorded all within a month period, which is pretty amazing when you think about the scope of some of those songs, like yeah. Epic and Falling to Pieces. There was, then it was a major shake-up um, after the next album, Angel Dust, which was arguably their probably most well-known album to date, when Jim Martin left. And that's where we're here right now. We're, we're talking about that that era before he left and then and after he left. Um, Jim was replaced by Trey Spruance from um, Mr. Bungle for the next album, King for a Day. Uh, he then left or was fired. Um, and then uh, was joined by John Hudson, who's been with them band ever since. Uh, and his first album was the album of the year. Uh, which was released in uh, 1997, my my apologies, uh, which coincided with the greatest grand final of the decade, uh, the Newcastle Knights versus Manly Seagulls.
2: Man, that was that was the best day. It was so. I don't go bad. for a night, that. but just seeing, um, just seeing Manly lose.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the, watching the Broncos lose these days. To all those Manly supporters out there, we're not apologizing for this com- these comments either. No. i not have to tell it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, sorry, Pop. But with Faith No More, for me, they're a real band's band. As I said before, you ask any rock or metal band that's come after them, they're on the list as their influences. They were huge back in the day. Um, they're, they're still going. They had Sol Invictus back in 2015 or 2016, whenever it was. But, you know, certainly the era we're focusing on now, that was their time. All right. Round one,
2: we're doing the intros. Uh, intro of Angel Dust is Land of Sunshine versus Get Out of King for a Day. Cardi, you want to start
1: the ball rolling? Yeah, okay. So uh, I think we're probably going to be all very similar in these comments on Land and Sunshine. Big system of down vibes, um, some ghost vibes, more of a classic Faith No More style. Um, I reckon Faith No More, listening to a couple of their albums as well, probably Angel With Us more. Well, maybe they get a bit of their sort of vibes from Queen as well, those sort of piss-take lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, solid song Land of Sunshine bit of synth new metal throughout um, reminds me of obviously old school commercials in parts you know the here's How to order you know um, bit of running circus music in the background it's, it's a cool song like you know it's very very throughout versus Get Out now when when I listen to Get Out the band I, the, the other band I think about um, is Incubus I don't know if you guys listen to much That's Incubus exactly the note I've got right here <laughs> Um, okay, go listen to anyone that's listening and, you know,
0: go listen to Get Out and then listen to Nice to Know You. There are parts of those well, songs. Well, I was going to say, actually, the real uh, feel I got from this one for Incubus yep. was in the science days, that science album. Yep. So, New Skin and, and those ones, Certain set, uh, Shade of Green, that's that's the era that come to mind for me.
2: Yeah. Get out, with Get Out, I got more of a system of a down thing with that, Real, really? That, yeah, that, yeah. that vocals and the the this, the drum only sort of singing?
1: Do, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting more of a Incubus. Look, that's me personally getting a bit of an Incubus vibe out of um, Great pump up song. Definitely more heavy orientated than Land of Sunshine. I just found Land of Sunshine's a bit more of a classic Faith No More song to me. Mike's obviously mixing it up vocally throughout the song as well with his classic sort of two to three different vocal styles. My preference out of those two would be oh, I reckon Land of Sunshine's a better song overall, more complex, more classic fake no more style.
0: <laughs> Dentist, what do you think? Uh, yeah, mate, look, well, I've already said, you know, i got the real big Incubus feel for Get Out, uh, especially with the chorus. Uh, just, as soon as it kicked in, I just Brandon, um, what's his name? Brandon came to mind, the singer for uh um, The guy that's never really wearing his shirt, yeah. Yeah, never has a shirt on. Kind of like from Phillies. Or- <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like yeah. a meal either. He's pretty thin. <laughs> yeah, brain are Buddy, please have a feed, buddy.
1: The um,
2: machinist. <laughs> the machinist.
0: <laughs> For God's sakes, have a feed. <laughs> I actually got a um, that corner. Uh, it was a really progressive riff to start with. The noon noon um, and I got a real hardcore punk revival sound. Around that early 2000s mark with bands like the Bronx, I kind of got that really um, that real punk feel as well, which I actually got for that entire album for King for a Day. I think they really kind of went away from that more progressive stuff in the, in the earlier albums and more into that sort of that rapid-fire punk delivery from the vocal point of view anyway. Um, but for me, and I think I, I mentioned uh, Message moves straight up. As soon as I heard this song, I said, oh, my God, this is Ghost. This song, "Lean of Sunshine, oh. had to be the precursor to Ghost. I reckon Tobias Forge probably looked at that and went, oh, we'll listen to that and went, yeah, I'm starting a band and that's our sound. Yep. I oh. can literally imagine Papa Emeritus emerging on stage and singing that song and I would have no idea that was a fake Name All song. That's, that's how Man. much I think it influenced Ghost. Ghost.
2: Yeah. I, I As soon as I, I, yeah, I listened to that, I, I can hear was Conclavi Condio from Ghost's yeah. first album, Opus Eponymous. But what I love is I love the bass pop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah it's a cool song. It's, it, it
0: it drives a lot too. It's got a really good band a little bit. Just really, yeah. Just continues. But in saying all that, I'm going to go against you here, Cardi, and uh, get out for me was a clear winner in this one. I just there I love go. the feel. It's it's two minutes twenty seconds, I think, in total. Yeah, but just so punchy. Yeah, so punchy. Very aggressive. And um, mate, I, I listen to that over and over and over.
1: All right, there you go. So, so it comes down to our dear friend Moose. Moose thoughts. See, so you, who do you go for, Cardi? I was, I was Land of Sunshine over uh, the dentist. Yeah, um, get out
2: is it's a great song, but my connection with Ghost there, I have to take Land of Sunshine. <laughs> um, For
0: all our listeners, uh, Cardi's giving me the finger right now because this is exactly how episode <laughs> one went, all right? You guys have poor taste in music. I've got the better taste, yet I always get outvoted because this is a three-person panel. Look,
1: me, me and Moose had a call before. this and said, look, we're just really here to fuck over the dentist and piss him off, so we're just going to vote against him. No matter what he says. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Land of Sunshine with Cardi here just because of my ghost my loving of ghost
0: for all yeah. the listeners out there moose is probably the biggest ghost fan I know. He actually put me onto ghost, uh, and now i'm a massive ghost fan as well and, yeah, uh, got me onto yeah.
1: ghost as well yeah, yeah solid band moose. awesome did, did did you like get out at all moose like you know yeah. would you would yeah. you would you say it's a, a decent song still or are you just like nah, yeah, not no, no
2: it's a great song, but I just you know I, I i love I love the bass popping and I love the ghost sort of. Um, you know, carnival and the breakdown of the drums and the... Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. We'll go into song one then and we'll let the dentist lead off so he doesn't feel like we're... Single one, you mean? Single one, single one. Not song one, single one. So, this is going to be a tough round, I reckon. So, we've got midlife crisis. Now, we're starting to get the hard ones. Digging the the grave. Yeah.
0: So, I love both of these songs almost oh, equally. So this is going me. to be, yeah. Um, for me, Midlife Crisis, again, it was similar to what he was doing in uh, Lean of Sunshine with his vocals going from one to the other. He does this on steroids for Midlife Crisis. Oh. With that real, that visceral kind of growl at the start. Yeah. Goes, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just every part of that song is good even to the point where they're sampling Beastie Boys. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, it's just awesome. I love Midlife Crisis. As soon as I heard it, um, I just knew this this was a band for me. And this was like back in, when, when was Angel Dust? 92? Yeah. Yeah, 92. Yeah, Nine, Sorry, 90, I mean, yeah. after yeah. 99.
2: His, yeah. his, his voice in the pre-chorus, oh, oh, the insane. vocal yeah. range is hidden.
0: Exactly. Because yeah. I remember listening to Easy. Easy was the first song I heard off that album, but then I remember hearing Midlife. I'm like, holy shit. Um, in saying that... Dig in the Grave, the band that comes to mind on that one for me is Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A bit of, I, I bit of like
1: little, little Sister, that type of, you know. E-
0: exactly. And I actually really fast it up. It up. Yeah. Yeah, really fast up the beat and that really, um, those kind of different chord progressions that the desert kind of rock scene kind of made their own. Um, Maybe Millionaire Millionaire yeah, yeah, yeah that's That song for the deaf uh, And Lullabies to Parallel oh, yeah. kind of era yeah. To split it oh,
1: <sighs> It's a tough one It's tough Which way but are you going Can't, can't be offensive though. That's
2: right I split um, Nelmy Fersen And Cindy Crawford
0: <laughs> go People well. going Who? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> actually this is one of the <laughs> This is the only one, one of the only ones I've actually left this blank To do spur of the moment From the who yep. I select all right, Gutfield, what's your winner? Midlife Crisis. And Ooh. mainly because they got a run in uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on Radio Yes, oh, yes. yes. it yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, along with some fantastic other things like Rusty oh. Cage from Sandgarden, Jail Razor by Aussie. Uh, was it James? Yeah, they've been caught stealing. Been, been stealing, yeah. Been caught stealing, yeah. Um, Killing the Name, Rage Against the Machine, which both yes. them were a massive influence on. There was Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Helmet, Unsung, which is a great song, and That's one of my Andreas th- man, Mother, guy. Danzy was on oh, that. Oh, as dude. as was one of the greatest riffs of the '90s, Cult of Personality by Living Colour.
2: There you go, mind you, Mother, that riff so simple but just so iconic. Okay. Yeah. every couple of months you see spotify loses the license and you can't get that and then it comes back on
1: (laughs) (laughs) you can't keep up with the royalties (laughs) and you can only
2: buy you can only buy you can only buy the um, the album on itunes you can't buy it as a sing. you can't buy the song singly okay
1: there you go There you
0: go. Mm. so no so uh yeah that was a real tough one and i'm actually really disappointed i had to leave digging the grave off uh as a loser in that round, but Midlife Crisis, there's it's just such a good song.
1: I agree. It's gonna be a tough one. All right. Moose the J Heart. Let's hear yeah. your
2: thoughts. Oh, Midlife Crisis. Love love the um the drum and bass intro intro and that um and that growly vocals. But um yeah, when it comes oh, to that pre chorus, um yeah. <laughs> um you really hear his range there, but I, I do love the line, you're menstruating hard. Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got some messed up lyrics, that's for sure. I agree. I agree with the drum intro too. Mike Borden on that song in particular, that drum intro, so good. What, what about some how simple about- his drum kit is? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, pre- it's,
3: it's pretty, pretty standard, eh? Hey? I
0: mean, that's but, one thing I noticed, actually. That he tried to do a lot of progressive drumming at times, but I think his best stuff is when he kept it simple. Like on Midlife Crisis, just that... Just, I don't know. Just now, you don't play. Yeah. yeah well, it is an awesome right. rhythm it's, section, though. It, oh, so good. Awesome bass, awesome drums. They're just tight as, too. Oh,
2: but, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that's Midlife Crisis, but Digging a Grave... Um, as again, it's in that aggressive aggressive tone of King for a Day, you know, borderline system of a down. I found the the ver- the, bass, the bass and the drums and the vocals together in the verses, again, reminding me of system of a down. I've just got that feeling from that whole album, especially because um, Real Thing in Angel Dust, Billy Gould's doing mainly the, the slap and poppin' while you can hear it in... Uh, in King for a Day, that's really tuned down, and he's doing the, um, the up and down 16th notes and hitting them really hard with the pick. It just reminds me of system of a down bass there. If I'm going to split them apart, this is a tough one, but it's midlife crisis for me.
3: Ooh, Maybe
2: because I'm nice. in the middle of one, but you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking that when we were doing this, I said, I think they'd um, yeah, the lyrics on 30 something, sense of security, life. Uh, like pockets jingling i'm like yeah we're all we're all in our 30s and all going through that my thoughts yeah i'm like you guys this is like super super tough i was thinking of lyrics at one part that just basically says moose to a t um the salt and the kleenex morbid self attention bending my pinky pack a little discipline (laughs) classic moose (laughs) <laughs> um, look, yeah Deleted um, search history Deleted search history Yeah, it modern times It'd be deleted <laughs> search history <laughs> Flushing Chrome's history um, Yeah, I, I was with you guys this is, this is a real tough one The lyrics in Midlife Crisis are pretty good But then again, I, uh, Mike Patton's been regularly quoted That he doesn't actually do lyrics that make sense a lot He just do he does lyrics that sound good flowing off each other So yeah. like, if you have a look at some of the flow of
0: it Some of it doesn't make sense and other parts do. Um, Do You know, Kurt Cobain said the same thing about his lyrics. Like everyone puts so much emphasis on the words that he sung, and he's like, "Dude, you know, I'd sing a line. Well, I'd sing a line that was right for the song, and then I'd hate it and want to make fun of it with the next line. But More often than not, it was about finding the right words to fit the whether it was the melody or the um, the groove or whatever it was for the song.
2: John Farnham reckons when he sings live, he forgets words all the time, and he just
0: Chucks, Chucks in words in. and sounds to the rhythm, to the melody. I'm sure, I'm sure Ozzy Osbourne's had that problem for the last forty years. <laughs> he wouldn't even remember where the fuck he is at times. Where am I? What country? <laughs> where? What am I
1: doing? Mate, look at him, When like <laughs> Wemble- yeah,
2: he- Black Sabbath's first came out, before um, before the damage, he was actually man. He was a good-looking young bloke, but wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, for viewers at home, I just almost threw up my dinner and spat my beer at that comment. (laughs) Don't ever say that again. (laughs) You've been warned.
2: I think someone put a breezer breezer in my asahi. Maybe just (laughs) edit that whole bit out.
1: No, we're keeping it in. Staying in. I want want people to quote you on that going (laughs) for, oh, I see Osborne, yeah, he was a good-looking young bloke. There it was? was. Wow.
2: <laughs> Cardi, dig in a grave or midlife crisis? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck.
1: Uh. Um, okay. <laughs> um, those are my thoughts on uh, midlife crisis. So, dig in a grave, um, massive pump up song. Um, I don't think anyone can den- deny that you turn that on, and straight away it's just like they're into it. Um, not Mike's usual vocal range; he pretty much sticks to one vocal style throughout, which is just screaming and intense. But that's not a bad thing. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty stock standard film clip. I, I, I used to get a regular rotation when I, was, you know, pumping up for a footy game or working out in the gym. It's great for that type of thing. Yeah, I, overall. It's it's a real tough choice between a midlife crisis, Digging in the grave. If I was if I had to choose one song to only
0: play for the rest of my life, I would go dig in the grave. It's my choice. There's a great question. If you could listen to one song for the rest of your life, I know what Mooses is gonna be. It's gonna be Steam by E seventeen. <laughs> it definitely would be. Yeah. Or Anya. No, um being around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I think no being matter what song around. it was. It'd drive you nuts, anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, so
1: you're going with digging the grave, boys. I'm going with digging the grave. So that's uh, unfortunately this round, I'm on the on uh, the loser. That's two for middle of crosses, one for digging
0: the grave. But a super tough round, I reckon. Yeah. Super I, tough. Agreed. Well, this one's going to be an interesting one too, because I think I know where you guys are going to land on this. But uh, I'll let you guys speak first for single number two. We've got small victory uh, versus ricochet. <laughs> All, right, <it's- laughs> All right I'll stop um, Copyright infringement You're fired
2: <laughs> A small victory <laughs> The start of it it reminds me of Yeah The, the Chinese piano The
1: <laughs> Please carry on Chinese piano Please
3: carry
2: on <laughs> It does doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, well, now it does. Again, now I'm, a, I'm
0: not going to be able to unhear that now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm going thinking of a fucking Chinese piano. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: he just wrote a song for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 but I also got that. Um, um, it also um, it sort of reminded me of Take My Breath Away, too. Like, ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding,
0: <laughs> off um, Top Gun.
2: Top Gun, yeah. Uh, Bit of a mixture God. of that. But um I love this I love this song. Um again it's his uh, um, really?
0: doesn't it sound like it. <laughs> <I
2: do>. um, <laughs> it's got it reminds me of Top Gun, which is an awesome movie, and it reminds me of the only song I can play on a piano. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man,
2: God! But oh, nah, God. Um, again, it's 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 um, like midlife crisis. You get his vocal range in that pre-chorus, but I really like. I know this is the album that sent jim martin packing because it was too vocal driven but you get his guitar i love the guitar riff in it too yeah you get get some nice jim in there so ricochet it's a good song another it does for um king for a day it actually gets his vocal range going from uh deep and high, so it's varying it a bit compared to the other songs we've talked about so far, which are more on that, um, you know, that threat, uh, new metal punky sort of sound. I do like how it goes into that slow, heavy, slow format, and that's taken us back a bit to Foo Fighters and Nirvana from last week. Yeah, very much. Um, yep. Against each other, small victory for me. Just again, his voice in um, Angel Dust, it really, it's almost a 180 to the real thing. Gives me that late 80s sort of rock singers vo- uh, feeling too. And it's a lot with the synth and, the, and just, and just the, the, the music that's backing behind it. So, it's... uh guitar yeah, riffs really, too, to be honest. Yeah, I know. And like, yeah. when, he, when, he, when they say you didn't like it because it was a vocal-driven album, there's a lot of guitar in that album. Tons. Some sick yep. riffs. But that's me. Small, vi- uh, small victory.
1: Is the winners What about you, Cardi? Go <laughs> between two. Look, um... A small victory. Great song. Mike Batten's doing his usual. I, I count two vocal styles in this one. He's not really doing the whole three styles, but you know, two two's still pretty good for Mike. More one more than most most people could do. Usual faith, no more heavy bass throughout. Um, Ricochet. Great song. Funny lyrics. It's always funny until someone gets to it, and then it's just hilarious. I always find that part of the song pretty funny. Uh, here's a fun fact: It was actually called. The song was actually called Nirvana. Before they renamed it to Ricochet. Okay, working title. Working title was Nirvana, based on the whole Courtney Love connection, and then they renamed it Ricochet. Part of this song reminds me of Rage, uh, Rage Against the Machine a little bit, um, like the intro okay. and part of the song. Might, might just be me. Yeah, overall, I reckon Ricochet is a mad song. It, it's my winner out of the two. I'm going Ricochet over. Nice. Small Victory is a good song, but I, yeah, like if I had to pick, again, if I had to pick one song and never listen to the other song again,
0: I'm going Ricochet for that wow. for that one. Okay. Well, I actually thought both of you were going to lean on Ricochet. So, Moose, you actually really surprised me with that. Particularly given the intro you gave, Small Victory, I thought, oh, yeah, that's going to lose for sure. No, no. <laughs> and, um, Yeah. No, you, you brought it back around. And I've got to be honest, I'm going to give the answer right up front and then I'll explain why. I'm, uh, I'm with Moose. Small Victory uh, is my Ooh. winner in this one. Um, Bastards. Look, Rick, yeah, well, Ricochet is good. And I, I, I won't say good. It's a great song. Um, In fact, from a style point of view, it reminds me a lot of Midlife Crisis and uh, Falling to Pieces from Real Thing, which means it probably could have sat on either one of those albums and wouldn't have sounded out of place. Um, So it's a really, really strong track. It's got sick lyrics, as uh, as Cardi said. I thought it builds nicely into the chorus and it has a really good bridge uh, section before coming back around again. Uh, But for me, Small Victory, it's just – it's so unique, like the, the piano in it that Moose mentioned before. It's got a really good chuggy guitar riff uh, from, from Jim. And as I said, just re- it's just got a great groove um, and all the way through. Love it. So it's my winner. There we go. So we've got Small Victory 2, Ricochet 1. But now uh, it's ruined though because I'm only going to hear Chinese piano every time I hear it now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, Moose. Same. I'm only going to think of a
1: Chinese piano now when you say the intro is a small feature. I think I'm turning
2: Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really, think I really so. Think so.
0: <laughs> The Vapors. Great band. So, single number three. We've got Everything's Ruined versus Evidence. Again, two fantastic songs. Um, yeah, I don't reckon it's going to be close, this one. It's not
2: going to be close by what you choose but individually, but it's going to be divided. by...
0: Yeah. Well, it already is divided. What's the, what's the running count? No, um, no leave, it, leave, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it,
3: leave it. Okay, Blade, okay.
0: Blade Blade you, okay. Yep. Blade Blade right. Leave it for now. Leave it for now. Leave it alone. I've heard that a lot. Um, so everything's I'll oh, start with Evidence, actually. yeah, Amazing song. Very, very different in tone. So when you're actually listening to King for a Day all the way through, you kind of got Get Out as a starter, you got Ricochet, and then straight into Evidence, it's kind of like, oh, shit, they've taken a bit of a right turn uh, here. But on its own merit, an absolutely amazing song. The thing I love in this song the most is the... But the interplay with the piano and guitar at the same time. Yeah. So, on the second time around of that, when the guitar comes in, that's just... As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, man, that's so good. You've got the (laughs) very... Sorry. (laughs) Are you watching the film clip or listening to the song? I just hit the film clip I was watching before. Sorry. Nice. Um... You hear that song and you're immediately transported back to the 90s, I feel. Everything's ruined. Love the piano intro. Oh. Um, it actually reminds me of like a country practice. Uh, theme song to that. For, I don't <laughs> know why. Country practice. It, for, do, do, the, for, do, 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 yeah. do, when I was, do, 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 making When I was making my notes, I tried to delimit it to the first thing do, 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 do. that I thought of and that was the first thing I thought of when I, uh, when I heard that intro. And, uh, was, <laughs> country practice. <I> got, <laughs> Esme Watson. She's probably dead now. Jesus. Um, actually, bring up the. Uh, can you bring up the country practice theme? Yeah.
2: There no is uh, YouTube. A country
0: practice. Right. I'll keep talking while you do that. Um, then it sort of transitions into that heavy thrash style riff in the pre-chorus. Beautiful. <laughs> Make makes me sure want to go to sleep. Yeah. Hey, Roddy, if you're ever listening to this, mate, please do that live. Start with the country practice theme and then go into Everything's Ruined. If you ever come, well, when you come tw- to Australia, actually, let's plug that right now. They've got a tour happening next year. Is that right? 2021? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Speak about going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, March. March? The February? But
1: I, I sent you boys a date the other night. February March? Yeah. yeah.
0: We should go. Whatever, whatever it is, we're going. Definitely. We're going. Um, hmm. Uh, has a great chorus six solo towards the end very 80s oh, reminded dude. me of the 80s. oh that's so good yeah re- so good um, that really reminds cool. me of
2: ghost it's very it's ghosty the, that solo at the end
0: the solo okay yeah 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 interesting I, di- I didn't pick up on that but now you say it I'm actually yeah it's a- you're probably right mm.
2: yeah there's um, stuff that's not as dark and it's more poppy yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. it's not, it's an interesting song structure too. It's not your typical, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus kind of thing for a single, which generally they're pretty straightforward in terms of the way they're structured. Um, certainly one of their better tracks um, and one of the worst film clips of all time at the same time. Uh, have you guys seen the film clip? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, film, <laughs> the film clip makes the song in a big way. I know it does and it's very
1: Faith No More, but what the hell, guys? Oh, it's it, Look, it's a mental film clip, but... Um, I think it shows them having the, – I think they're having a mad time making that film clip. Like, they all look like they're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool, look, f- cool film clip, I reckon.
0: I love Everything's Ruined, and it, it pains me to do this because it's such a great song. I'm go am <laughs> Oh, Be, because, it is, because it is so unique. It is so unique in their, in their repertoire. It just stands out, and I, I just could not get past that fact. Fair enough. All right, I want to hear. I want to hear the big mooses. Yeah. Moose mooses yeah. give me the bloody death st- uh, death stairs right now. So
2: yeah, yeah that's, they're horny stares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I see the title, everything's ruined. <laughs> when I see the title, everything's ruined. Oh, I keep picturing of my head remember The Simpsons that newspaper article where Homer's pissed <laughs> on the donkey that's bucking on the cake saying local man ruins everything <laughs> <laughs> I keep picturing that yeah oh, it's just God. The, the American flag yeah. <laughs> oh, God. but no um, I think Everything's Ruined is a great example of how tight that rhythm section is there um, you've yeah. got the bass pop and slapping in with just that simple drum beat but I do love in the pre-chorus we hear Jim's um, thrash roots with that real yeah. down strumming, really <laughs>
3: cool.
0: and that's what I got. I've got literally heavy thrash style riff in pre-chorus is my note.
2: Again, it's yeah, the harmony in uh, the chorus in his singing, um, and mixed in with that, like I said, that ghost guitar solo. Uh, very strong song. Going on mm-hmm. to evidence. Good porn riff coming in the start. <laughs> but like I said, mentioned, mentioned at the start, um, I associate evidence with the, doing the overnight security with Cardi on the iPod, iPod 1. He's always pumping that. And I remember he used to always love it. He used to always go on how, but actually loved it. I never have. I've actually wow. found it sort of. Remember how last week you, you guys described I'll stick For around? I'll stick around to sort of. It doesn't really peak to anything. Yeah. Sort of find this just yeah. It's sort of. It's I just I haven't loved it as much as Cardi and always have. I just never had the heart to tell him. Um, <laughs> so everything's ruined is my pick out of the two.
0: I think but over you, Cardi. So over you, Cardi. We've got one evidence. One everything's ruined. Yep. Cardi deciding vote. Okay.
1: So let's let's start on evidence. So uh, as Moose was alluding to, uh, it's a long time favourite of mine. It's a very lounge style type of song, you know, something you might listen to when waiting for an elevator <laughs> or going to work type thing. You know, this this is a this is a hard round of me coming into it because I thought I had a clear winner. Um, and then doing the prep for this song, uh, for this for this show. Sorry. Um, yeah, listen, listening to the evidence, and, on, and I'm going to agree with Moose that this song is a it's a great song. But it doesn't really do a whole lot in the song for me. It's sort of the same plateau going through. Mm. Um, everything's good. ruined. Wasn't a favorite of mine before. Um, it's now probably my most favorite "Faith No More" song. Wow! Let's let's talk
0: that's, about that. That is a huge
1: call. Let's hear about some oh, of the uh, Jim Martin classic to tune song. Um, Worthy of his induction into the uh, Faith No More spiritual and uh, theological center <laughs> as Sir James Martin. That's why he got that title. Uh, worthy Stay of that. Shithead. what a shithead! Um, film clips, great shows Faith, Mo- uh, Faith No More having a good time. And interesting enough, a few sources have quoted that during that album, that's when uh, Jim and Mike started to have a uh, develop a rift between how they wanted the band to go. So it's interesting having such a good time during that. Bass is awesome through it. Like I was listening to the song going, um, Moose must be loving the bass during this song. It's just awesome bass at times in the in the song. Um, awesome guitar solo to the end, I think you guys mentioned. Um, film, film clip's pretty funny. Um, you got everything from like, you know, the dance in front of the departed twin towers, um, birds shitting and then the shit re-entering. Um, Mike's going through three different vocal styles, um, up and down, chanting chorus. Um, yeah, a, a real... A, the song's a bit of a piss take on American culture as well if you check out the lyrics. Um, yeah, between between Evidence and Everything's Ruined, uh, every, Everything's Ruin's a clear winner for me. Now, if you asked me Mate, 10 years ago, I would have said Evidence, Everything's Ruined's a clear winner now.
2: You have completely shocked me. I thought, yeah. I, thought I was going to get wiped this song. When, especially when well, um, Dennis said evidence. I was, I was I, say, you shocked me, eh?
0: Yeah. This, for, well, for me, this one was on the line. Like I was kind of like we, you said, Cardi. Like I was never a fan of it back in the day, but revisiting this now, all yep. of a sudden it's gone from like the bottom of the heap. I wouldn't say the top, but certainly I'd say top top 10. Yeah, I'll, look, I won't say it's, yeah, i probably say it's my favourite song. It'd
1: definitely be now in my top three songs. Um like I was listening, to I listened to it into the car in the car today probably like three times on a one hour round trip, you know. Just you know, I had I had round one songs on repeat and um yeah, every time that song I was just, you know, banging away in the car. It's it's a mad song. So yeah, every, everything's ruined for me. Let's play on through into the out uh the outros then. Ooh. Now yeah. this this could be this could be an interesting one as well. We've got easy versus
0: just a man. Um, The the Commodores versus uh, (laughs) Faith No More.
1: Yeah, Commodores versus Faith No More. Uh, Let's let's start with... uh, we'll, We'll lead on from you, Dentist. Dentist, thoughts.
0: The one thing I love about Faith No More in general is that every cover they've ever done has been better than the original. That includes Easy, what we're talking about right now. Also includes War Pigs. I think the War Pigs uh version that they did was better than sabbath which is saying a lot because the sabbath Ooh. one's pretty damn good and easy. easy by the commodores is fantastic too with lionel richie at the front um i remember when i was doing the research uh, i didn't realize it at the time but uh the reason they chose easy is because they wanted to stop doing war pigs as a cover because all the really you know the metal guys love yeah, yeah. Uh, love hearing that live so they chose something so they went pretty much completely different. The opposite, exactly. Opposite spectrum of the yeah, song. I mean, yeah. look, realistically, they could have gone with Belinda Carlisle. Um, Heaven is a Place on Earth. but um, That would have been a bad cover. That, well, that would have been more opposite, but, you know, they've done pretty well. Um, so, look, I love Easy and the the piano, the solo that Jim Martin does in it, probably one of the most iconic solos he's done, I'd, I'd say. Um, yeah.
2: And the double guitar. On the film clip.
0: Exactly, yeah. And um, some of the other stuff in the film clip. Um, <laughs> yeah. we got Just The Man. Uh, when I was doing the research for this, it was a kind of a song that I never really paid attention to uh, back in the 90s. But I've got to be honest, God damn it, did it grow on me. The more I listened to it, the more I loved it. And I couldn't nail why until it was about the third listen through And it was right at the end when all the choral singers come in and I just thought to myself, Elton John. It remind that that um and every night I shut my eyes section, which kind of ties all the different sections. It just I just heard Elton John, the the piano, the singing, the melody. And for me, because this is a pure original by Faith No More, I'm actually choosing that above easy.
2: There you go. Mother Goose. Uh, easy, so classic song, you yeah. know, I think I, I was sing- I was driving home from work this afternoon, window down, you yeah, know, singing it full ball, thinking, fuck, if anyone was hearing me. Um, but yeah, it's one of those songs, you know, I remember first seeing on Rage and, you know, the film clip, but it's iconic double guitar solo, Jim Martin. But I think Cardi, God, it never got old us doing this at the 154 minute mark where they go quiet and you go, and Cardi pulls out dick and all the girls go, Ew!
1: guess yeah, yeah. You, you, you had to get me back for that other comment I made about you. How many times did we the grave?
2: How many we do that? Like it'd be, it'd be the racer who said it, wouldn't it? The
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <And, laughs> water, uh, I've a got, water race. I've got- <laughs> I've got so much to edit again. Thank you. Leave it in. Um, in. Just a
2: man. Um, (laughs) The start where he goes, oh, I'm just a man. Um, The start where he's singing, where he's going, sky is clear tomorrow. It reminds me of the little drummer boy. (laughs) Seriously, it reminds me of the little drummer boy. That was actually um,
0: Hey Jude that you just
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of find just a man a bit like evidence. It sort of just has me sitting, you know, at a set 60 beats per minute. Heart rate doesn't elevate me, doesn't get me excited, doesn't get it tingling down there. Um, easy, easy pick for me in this one.
1: Okay. Fair enough. There you go. So, we've got one for easy so far and one for just a man. So... Just a man. Song grew on me. You know, Patton doing his usual <coughs> three, his, well, I guess it becomes his usual three-style vocal mix-up that he does in songs, from white to bassy to heavy. Um, very gospel in parts, like uh, the dentist said. Um, yeah, look, I, I guess this shows Mike Patton how he, how he wanted to go vocally, that he probably couldn't do why Jim Martin was still around as well. I mean, if... I was trying to imagine this song if Jim Martin was still around and he would have just been sitting there bored fucking batshit going. What a shithead. <laughs> what a shithead. <laughs> oh, okay. go. I said shut your hole. <laughs> and I was actually thinking of how, how would Jim Martin have been perceiving this song and he wouldn't have been a fucking happy camper about it. Um, easy. You know, would I have chosen it as a Commodores song? Oh, but between me and Moose, we can name some better Commodore songs. What about Night Shift? You know, when we used to do security, Night Shift would have made. Do some Sweet sounds coming. <laughs> what about Brickhouse? One. Brickhouse would have made a sick Commodore cover.
2: One better. Why don't they do lot of Richie? Oh, what a feeling? Because yeah. yeah. 'cause we're dancing on the ceiling,
1: <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going with the dentist on this one. The easy, purely because it's a cover. Um. I don't really rate it as a Faith No More classic. I don't think it's part of their usual lineup. It's a cover song. Ew. Um, ew. Um, wow. I'm going to go with Just the Man. Um, just, just on the pure fact, right. it's a cover. And everyone loves Easy and goes, oh, Faith No More. And I'm, I'm a bit against that because it is a cover. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: that's just me. I reckon, I'm, I'm and going I reckon they would Man. be too. They would be too. If they, if they got to the end of their careers and thought they're known for the song Easy, I yep. think they'd be filthy with themselves. They'd piss
1: them off. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So, Cardi, have you been keeping tally? Because I have. I have as well. So, um, let's, let's make sure our scores are correct. So, at the end of round one, uh, Big Moose, I have Angel Dust at nine and King for a Day at six. Do you concur, my friend?
0: What nine, drugs are you six. on? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, total. No, Total. Yeah. No, no, Two no, most- no. We just,
2: just we're just counting the yeah. twos, so it'd be four to one. Um, Angel Dust.
1: Oh, okay, so we're just counting the twos. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll start so that again. The, right? We're counting the albums. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh okay, so with Big Moose, I have uh, four to one, as with Angel Dust being the winner over King King for a Day. What have you got?
2: Yes, I agree with that. I have that too. But with just the man being the only one off King for a Day, that was a winner.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that cut. was a, We were all worried it was going to be a very uh, divided round one. Um, looks like we've got a pretty clear winner there. But it was close. But we're like, yeah, it was, that, it was very close. We
2: we had to like you know midlife crisis digging a grave, um, small victory ricochet. They were we were all conflicted, um, choosing well, between if, them.
0: If you add up my individual tally, I think I've got more king for a day than I do angel dice. So, well, I've got 3 to 3 to
2: 2. Okay, boys, that leaves us now time for quick. Purr, purr, purr.
0: <laughs> That's becoming iconic. All right, guys. quick favorite part
1: of the favorite part of the show.
2: This week's quick pit, it'll be 20 seconds each. Pick one favorite song off each of those two albums and then which one of those two are your favorite. Okay, I'll I'll start the quick bit off, guys. So, from Angel Dust, um, my favorite non-single is Caffeine. I love the heavy down strumming, heavy vocals mixed in with the melody. On uh, King for a Day, it's the gentle art of making enemies. I just love the system of down pre-chorus riff and vocals. Um, And out of those two, I'd probably pick gentle art. Nice.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: Uh, okay, so off Angel Dust, I'm going uh, be aggressive. I, I find that's a pretty, pretty funny song, um, heavy at the same time, funny, funny lyrics. Um, and off uh, King for a Day, I'm going with Mother Goose. The gentle art of making enemies is, is, is a fucking ripper of a song. Um, any faith, no
0: more fan should have that in their top ten for sure. Easy winner, mad song. Which is interesting because you've got aggressive versus gentle, and you've gone for the gentle. Yeah, I'm, I'm a gentle guy.
2: Did you ever see that Ben Stiller movie? Remember the one where he married that crazy chick and they went on their honeymoon in Mexico or whatever?
1: Oh, and she cheats oh, on I'm him? Oh, I'm Game oh, Boy? No,
2: no, no.
0: heartbreak,
1: heartbreak Kid. Heartbreak Kid. Like,
2: oh. She like pounds him in bed and he's like just in the fetal position crying after it in the corner of her room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I've watched this movie. I will have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty
2: really funny. Anyway, dentite uh,
0: yeah, mate. I'm going to go with uh, Moose from Angel Dust. I'm going to go Caffeine, uh, just that, that down strumming. Reminded me about Tool with some of those pentatonic, those sort of riffs uh, and the time changes. Loved it. King for a Day, love Gentle Art of Making Enemies, and I think that could be a strong contender for my ultimate album. But I'm going to go with The Last to Know, uh, and the reason is I just I listened to it over mm-hmm. and over and over. I've got strong uh, Stone Temple Pilots and – Smashing Pumpkins vibes at different sections, uh, and the key changes in that, as I said before, I love. So I'm going the last to know from King Friday, top winner.
2: There you go. You know, with caffeine to write the, the lyrics for Caffeine, he'd sleep deprived and drive, just drive around all night, not sleep, and just watch people in like dingy cafes and whatnot. The inspiration to write it. Seriously? Yeah, he's, he's doing weird stuff like that for Angel Dust to so write the lyrics wow. and that.
0: I there thought he'd are. just actually take angel dust and that would have got the lyrics there. But
1: anyway. <laughs> It's angel dust, Holmes.
0: The has been Friday. Well, <laughs> well, apparently, that was good one of the things. That, well, Sir James Martin from the Faith No More Spiritual and Theological Center didn't want to call it uh, angel dust. Yeah. Apparently, Roddy Bottom wanted to call it and Jay, uh, Jim was like, no, nah, don't want it, anything, anything to do with it. Yeah. Okay. So he didn't want to he didn't associate want to with, drugs. with
2: drugs. Yeah. But my research as well of it. Roddy, Roddy Bottoms actually. Roddy Roddy Bottom actually <laughs> seems he has the power in that band. I agree. He's the one that turfed. He's behind no. turf and Mosley, behind turf and Jim, because he actually, if you look at um, and he's the one who um, tray out of King for a day. Um, you look at the liner notes. Roddy actually did. Is playing guitar and Trey got brushed most like out of the band pretty much after the recordings too. And it's, yeah. you see, Roddy has the power in that band,
0: which is a shame because if you if you listen to King for the Day all the way through, as I did, I love the guitar work on that album. I reckon it's as strong as some of the riffs that Jim Martin did. Jim Martin was more thrash style, and I think Trey was more punky, but still some awesome riffs, like really really good. All right. Man, this um, episode's fun as. I love this episode. This is my favourite so far. Yeah,
1: we've had a, we've had a bit of a – we've got some good crack-ups during this one. It, it'll be fun to edit, edit the raw version later on, I reckon. Yeah.
0: Um, I will admit, though, the Enya of our generation is um, – <laughs> I don't quite know if you're going to top that comment, yeah. Although, the, you the, two, to the, the two E17 references in the Food Fighters
2: one.
1: Did you one. guys listen to the um, Nine Inch genius mix? What well, was it, Nine Inch Enyers? <laughs> I started having to listen. It's just wrong. You've got like trenches just <laughs> barreling away and then you just into you like- Get closer. Get closer. Next song, sail away. Yeah, sail away. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it in the car by myself and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like with as Tre- Edge that was Trent, and-, and he comes over. Oh, oh. <laughs> like if- I was waiting for people to look at me I'm like, what the fuck's this guy listening to his yeah. car, you know?
0: Anyway, right, guys. round two. Round two. Here we are. This is going to be a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's,
1: there's definitely some songs on here. I'm like, nah, that song hasn't got a bloody chance in hell. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. Should we should we lead into uh, openers, boys? So we've got we've got the real thing versus album of the year. So we're starting with um, "From Out of Nowhere" versus "Collision." From Out of Nowhere, um, classic Faith No More song, pretty complex song, good fire up song as well. Using the early Mike Patton vocal style to effect here. I, I, I associate this more with like that early Mike Patton vocal style that you get on like Epic and um, more of Angel what Dust of? versus Collision. Great song. It's pretty. It's a pretty basic song though. When you look at it, it's you know heavy, and then yeah, it's, it's got a pretty light in between chorus section. Uh, Patton's Patton's definitely an angry man during this song. Reminds me a bit of Gentle Art of Making Enemies. That vocal style. The song's not as good. Maybe a little bit better lyrically, but not so much of a True Faith No More song to me. I'm I'm, I'm
0: gonna go from out of nowhere. Dentist. Nice. I love both songs. Honestly. For album mm. of the year, I thought the collision kind of just announces itself. Like it's just straight into it. Huge bass tone, which I love. I love a really prominent bass uh, in, uh, in in a song. It's got that scream vocal style, which as I said before, he's gone from that you know that whiny schoolboy into the punk thing, more screamo. Um, and it really reminded me of like Helmet, Mark of Cain, uh, kind of vibe in the uh, particularly in the chorus. In saying that. From Out of Nowhere is one of those songs that when I first heard it, I was just like, holy shit, this is just too good. And I remember reading an interview with um, Head, I think it was Head or Monkey from corn and they said the same thing. They heard that song and they're like, holy shit, I love this band, like just on that song alone. So no, for awesome. me, from out of yeah. And, and look, to be honest, from out of nowhere, if we're talking top uh, Faith No More songs, this yep. is in my top three. Yep. Uh, it's It'd be it's out like right up there. So you, yeah, From Out of Nowhere.
1: Agree, agree. Big moose. Yeah, before. like
2: first song in his first album. Sort of like in that vein of we're talking about this is a call with um, Foo Fighters, you know. It's like the first song, the first album, which for Foo Fighters, the first album that Mike's in. I love those little bass runs in it, the doodle doodle. Always loved as like pumping this album for years. and i never gave album of the year much of a listening, to be honest, other than a few of the singles and then. Revisiting for this, I actually gravitated towards Collision. Oh, I just love the dirty, low-tuned guitar and riff. What it reminds me of, what it makes me think of, if they had produced St. Anger properly, (laughs) that's what it should should have sounded like. The bass in the verse is very similar to the St. Anger bass. It's that that down-picked drop C or whatever. So I was surprised when I've picked Collision out of this.
1: you going with Collision?
2: Yeah. As uh, much yeah. as I've Look, pumped from now, I've pumped the real thing for all these years and always loved this song, just yeah. doing this proper research and actually giving it the time and putting them against each other as an opening song, mm. I've gone Collision. I'm,
0: I'm kind are. of glad you did though because the more I listened to album of the year, I started to appreciate some of those songs more. I, I actually love Collision. And I think yeah. it actually pairs really well with the, uh, the closer on that album, Pristina. I think if you listen to those songs back-to-back, which I did a couple of times, they actually line up really, really well.
2: All right. We're on to uh, Epic versus Ashes to Ashes. Cardigan, where are you on this?
0: <laughs> the
1: Cardigan. Um, Ashes to Ashes, I find this songs very much like Evidence, that very lounge style. Jim's departed, obviously, and again, he wouldn't have a bar of this. He might. He might have a bar, of it's pretty heavy with uh, riffs at times. Rock's pretty hard. Uh, Mike's sounding very bassy, heavy at times. Um, <laughs> I was reading through the YouTube comments, actually, just to insert a bit of uh, humor here. Someone made the comment. Um, Mike Patton's looking like Keanu Reeves mixed with Gary Oldman. <laughs> and Absolutely. <I> was, <laughs> And I was thinking, you know what? Well, I'm like Gary Oldman. And, I, and then I was thinking of Gary Oldman. Gary Reeves. Have, have you seen Gary Oldman in uh, Leon the Professional, where he's yeah. like the coked up, always off his head cop with the slick back hair? And I'm like, it actually looks a lot like Mike. So I, I had a bit of a crack up of that. Yeah, look, Ashes Ashes, great song. Again, it used to be probably one of my favorite Faith No More songs. Um, mm. Epic. It is a, a more iconic classic "Faith No More" song and, and film clip. You know, if you ask anyone about oh, what song's the Faith No More sing, someone's going to be, oh yeah, they sing "Epic." You know, I've seen the film clip yeah. of "Epic." Great, great head Jim and song. You know, um, Sir Sir James Martin's having a good crack in this song. Good solo around the two minute fifteen mark. Um, piano work closing out the song, which I, I, I find is a good end to the song. Overall, kick ass song, and I find it's like the quintessential. Faith No More song, you know, covering that perfect period of Mike coming in, but Jim still, you know, um having a decent crack. So um out of those two, uh, Ashes to Ashes is epic, I'm going epic. Uh dentist, what are your thoughts, mate?
0: This for me was the hardest one out of every single pit we've done to date because Ooh. these are my top one and two Faith No More songs. Ooh. Yep. And to make things even harder. I actually alternate between which ones are my favorite. Look, to be honest, I'll run through the songs before I make a decision. Yep. For Epic, for me, the title says it all. It's just an epic song. Like that, that chorus in particular that, uh, with the chords and the sing- the vocals. And the good thing about it is too, like unlike a few of the other later, like on the album of the year, there's a few tracks on there where the verse just goes on and on and on to get to the chorus or the good bit of the song, it just takes forever. For Epic, it takes about 30 seconds, if that, to get to, and it just repeats the chorus over and over, which is so good. Ashes to Ashes, that opening riff in particular, has been one of my favorites for a long, long, long time. Uh, And the vocal, the actual lyrics of this I love. I think it's one of the best lyrics, uh, lyrical songs he's ever done. Um, it's got a pretty good no, start to the song. Like oh, that's a awesome. <laughs> boring film clip, though. <laughs> it's a boring film clip, but it's very Sabbathy kind of song, like really heavy, really dark. Mm. No section is too long or too short. Kind of like epic in a way. Um, I like the verses with a deep kind of bassy baritone uh, vocal, and then you've got the, that kind of piercing guitar on that. Chicka chicka chicken, um, Really good juxtaposition. Between these two, as I said, I kind of float one and then the other. It really depends on what mood I'm in. But I'm going to go with Epic. It's just Ooh. it's so iconic. It's ridiculously Mate. iconic. I thought you had that, ashes all wrapped up there. Well, I was almost going to. I was almost going to, but I've got to go Epic. It's just it's, it's, you think of fake them more you think of Epic. It's that simple. Yeah, That's, that, those, were, those
1: are my thoughts, yeah. Yeah. Mother Goose, Moose. thoughts,
2: big colour. This, this is the hardest decision I've made to make. Um, you've got two completely contrasting songs. Epic, like look at the bass in the two songs. So Epic, you've got that slappy sound. Do, Slippy, boom, slappy, boom, slappy, slappy. And Ash to Ash is the rule of that down-tuned um, strumming. Yeah. Billy Gould's one of my favourite bass players. What I love about him, he has all those skills that say Flea does with the slapping and popping, but unlike I guess Flea who probably sticks in that, that sort of playing only and finger playing and whatnot, um, Billy Gould goes both. So to what music they're playing, like you, you see some songs it's finger pop slapping, others it's jazz, others it's picking, down strumming and whatnot. He kind of reminds me of John Enswissel from The Who, Ooh, who also reference. was like that? Yeah. Who would it, they reckon? Even mid-song, he'd be picking up picks, dropping picks, flamingos, Like, but he, but he would also play to what the song was. Funny oh, fact: sorry. Do you know how John in- in- Swissle died? Fifty-two years old of a heart attack in a Las Vegas hotel next to a hooker with a bag of coke. <laughs> living living <laughs> a, the dream. What a way
3: to
0: Dying the dream. I think that's called.
2: It was just his time. Yeah.
0: But, so um, but well, you mentioned John Entwistle, John Paul Jones was like that too from Led Zeppelin. So everyone like raves on about um, Jimmy Page has been this you know virtuoso guitarist. If you actually listen to the bass in a lot of Led Zeppelin songs, it's very very similar to what you're talking about here with Billy Gould. Very complimentary, and he does what the song needs, which is mm. uh, pretty cool. Yeah.
2: But yeah, going back to the song, like Epics, that iconic Faith No More, you know, it's the in- intro to how I saw them. Yeah, I can't, I'm, I'm going to repeat what you guys said about the song. And like I said, this was so hard, But I, and I never thought I would, but pairing it against Ashes to Ashes, I've gone Ashes to Ashes.
0: Yeah. Ooh. I understand that.
2: Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I don't, like, it's- that's It's a tough um, one. was um, a real like, tough one. It's room. not because Epic's not good, but- I think, I think Collision going in Ashes to Ashes, I, I like the heavy tone of the, that song, Ashes to Ashes, and, yeah, I don't know if this is because I've listened to Epic so much, and like I said, I've listened to the, the real thing, like, on repeat forever since I've ever had it, um, but, yeah, p- pinning it against Ashes to Ashes, I've gone Ashes to Ashes.
0: The good thing about both songs are both don't age. As no, far no. As I'm concerned. Like, you can still listen to both now and they're as fresh as they were back in the 90s. I
2: actually, But I actually thought when Ash the Ashes come out, they got a new singer.
0: Okay. Yeah, right.
2: They're like, what? that's – they're three octaves apart, the voices, aren't yeah.
0: they? But that's, and look that's at what I was saying. At-
1: Mike, Mike Patton, like, he can literally go from, like, that – what was saying? That schoolboy tone to, like, super bassy to, like, that sort of, yeah, um, well, yeah. tone in between. And, like, I, I agree with you. I used to listen to Faith No More and thought they had two singers, and then I was blown away and someone I go, it's one guy. And I'm like, fuck off, it's one guy. I'm like, no, it's one guy. I go four- check out the videos. I'm like, holy shit, it is one guy, you know? Like, mm.
2: He has a four octave vocal range. Apparently, like the, He has the biggest range in um, popular music and I Corey Taylor's second. In rock, yeah, yeah. him,
0: Corey. And uh, I think Chris Cornell was up there too, if I remember.
2: But Chris Cornell's voice is so powerful that he couldn't control his life sometimes, mm. could he?
0: Sometimes. Oh, well, he had a bit of a drinking problem too, which uh, didn't help. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same as us on this podcast, by the way. So, we have the winner with uh, Epic
1: for that one and just for us, I think both of us or well, any of us could have gone either way on that one. So, I think Epic, so. Epic's yeah. just got it on the day, I reckon. I reckon if you asked again in a week, probably lose. So I
0: reckon if you asked me about two hours, I'd probably say Ashes to Ashes.
1: Yeah. So, we're going to uh, Fall Into Pieces versus Last Cup of Sorrow, which could be an interesting round as well. Why do not you keep going on moose we'll go back to the dentist after that
2: yeah um in the piece is great song but again i've got <laughs> yeah a little piano bit of do do so it's, it makes me it reminds me of like boom crash opera buddy it's the best you know best thing yep. what i really love about the song is now in the first two or three um, pre-chorus, he goes, Indecision, crowd. Not but the third either. or the last one, he goes, Indecision. I love that last one. So good. He
0: screams it instead of like uh, falsetto it. Yeah.
2: Going on the last Cop of Sorrow, that bit at the start where it goes, oh, it sort of reminds me of Nickelback when he's singing like that, like the bad <laughs> Nickelback songs.
1: <laughs> okay. I do- well, I'm wow. going to stop you
0: there. You've brought E17 and Nickelback into this podcast.
1: Hey. And Enya. And 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 Enya. Jesus.
2: You agree, Dennis. Non hit Nickelback songs are very heavy and very good.
0: I will admit, Chad, if you're listening, mate, stop producing hits and go back to the heavy stuff. That's your best. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, hits make the money, and the heavy stuff for the crowd at the concerts. But anyway, um, the the, the verses with that sort of reminds me of a bad Nickelback song, but his voice in the um, chorus, you're lost, Karpisaru. That's pretty cool. That's good. But as a song as a whole, it doesn't really sit much against Falling to Pieces. It's pretty lame, bit of a filler, so Falling to Pieces for me.
1: Dentist.
0: Uh, it's my friend. Yeah, Falling to Pieces. Look, for me, um, it's right up there in probably my top five. Faith and More songs, for me, it's not so much the chorus. The chorus is very poppy and you know, I don't tend to like a lot of poppy kind of music. I like the the darker sort of minor progressions. But the verses, uh, I, I just can't get past it. It's beautiful. Um, you know. Yeah. Back and forth, thus when in the wind. Just yeah. beautiful lyrics. You know, you've got that real, you can picture what he's singing about kind of thing. It's uh, so a good vocal melody. It's got a cool rap section. For me, it's a no-brainer. Last Cup of Sorrow, first listen, I liked it. I loved the riff, had a catchy chorus. When I re-listened to it, I actually got bored. Yeah. It's a bit droney. I actually questioned after multiple listens why the hell that was a single. Yeah. There are actually stronger songs on that album that could have been a single than that one. So for me, yeah, clear when I fall into pieces.
1: Yeah, my thoughts, um, Last couple of Sorrow, um, I find the lyrics are okay, you know, like Mike doing his usual vocal ranges, um, the film clip's pretty interesting, I guess, um, if anyone wants to have a bad trip, take drugs and then watch it from like the two-minute mark, but you guys watch the film clips like Mike's head with like spinning colours and shit around it, and I'm like, holy just, shit. Just, just
0: to keep it PG, the drugs you're talking about are ibuprofen? Yes,
1: yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, um, not rehypnol or acid. No, no, definitely not acid. Um, Why did you go with Rehypnol first?
0: <laughs>
1: so sus, man. All, every comment just <laughs> you just you just lead with the most sus. up. he, thing no, straight he
0: literally could have gone with any other drug. He went with the Rehypnol. <laughs> Christ, he
1: could have gone. With
0: Panadol, paracetamol.
1: Yeah, oh, you they're, they're have
2: rehypnol and you wake up with the acid in your hand.
1: <laughs> Cough syrup. <laughs> Anything. Uh, Starts with a room now. <laughs> um, uh, herpy tablets. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, look, the film clip, super weird. It's got Jennifer Jason Leigh in it, which I found was kind of funny. She was a big actress around that time. If you guys remember who she She's was. single white female. Yeah. Single white female. Yeah. Good sort. Mm. Good She's sort. She's psycho or the one getting... She was the psycho. Bridget Fonda was the non-psycho. Bridget Fonda. Yeah. Bridget Fonda um, does it beat and Pizzas. yeah I'm with you guys doesn't even come close um, Pizzas um got me back into probably faith no more with Black Hawk Down where they're prepping for battle Jim Martin looks super bored during the film clip which I find it's funny it's just like he couldn't fuck. Oh, he just wants to oh, be somewhere else I think that's his style though <laughs> but like, like he looks like he's having live of- yeah he's he just- holds the mic like that and but you look like in Everything's Ruined, he's right into that. And then you watch this one, he's just like, the look on his face is like, get me the fuck out of here. I want to be somewhere else. Um, reminds yeah, and Epic, me of Ep-
2: he's, Epic. Epic yeah. jumping around copying Anthony Kiedis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Won't even get on the uh, Anthony Kiedis hatred between uh, him and Mike Patton. Long story there. Um,
0: well, let's tell the story. Like, Kiedis accused him of copying his style, which yep. is some song. When I was doing the research, I could actually hear it. I don't know if it was because I knew about the conflict or whether it was because I actually heard the similarities, but um, I'm trying to think what song it was. It might have been Be Aggressive, actually. Um, Mm. I could hear it so much in that song. Yeah,
2: but then We Care A Lot. They would have had to have said, this is exactly like our mid-'80s albums. Yeah,
0: that's right, exactly.
2: But you see what uh, Mike Patton said in like 2001 or something like, um, well, if Anthony... If Anthony stops taking drugs, he can come and have a dance off or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's always he's always
1: stirring the pot, and I think but, I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys will disagree, but I think if you put them vocally with each other, Mike Patton's another oh, another f- level. I'd walk,
0: he'd wipe the floor with him. Yeah,
1: yeah, he'd smash him in, a, in like a, yeah. a vocal sort of sing off against different styles, different pitches, different you know, because um, I compare the two, and although. Chili Peppers is a mad band, um, mm. Fuck, vocally, they're not that strong if, mm. you,
0: if you pair them up against Faith no more, you know, so. Well, I'll tell you what, though. If you did a pitted episode, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic versus Californication, for example. Yep. The vocal style that Kiedis does on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, very rap-based, but then he tried, since Californication, has been very much kind of trying to sing melodically, so. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I think Patton, he, he just does both fluently. He can do does what he song. wants basically during yeah, a song. Just does it up, down, song. bass,
1: heavy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And pulls it off like to the point where I think Moose was saying it before. I actually thought they had two singers until I actually knew Faith no more. I was like, oh, cool, they've got two singers. Oh, what the hell, then I've got one guy who can do two different vocal ranges that well, you know? What's um, the better
0: haircut, though? Is it the undercut that he had for Real Thing? Or is it the uh, slick back Keanu Reeves slash Gary Oldman? <laughs> Gary Reeves. Uh, Gary, Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Reeves. I'm going the undercut. Gary Reeves. I'm going the undercut.
2: Yeah.
1: He looks like an accountant, doesn't he? <laughs> he does look like an accountant. <laughs> Gary Reeves, CPA. Yeah, he's got the eyebrow piercing. Yeah, totally like you think about it, it's two years apart and like his his style looks like you know, like eighties to nineties was such a shift. He was like, he was late nineties. Within two years, he went from eighties uh, to late nineties. Like in two years, like he was like, fuck it, I'm going where everyone's going to be later on, um, in the nineties. But um, yeah, fall in pieces, boys. That was a uh, the first clear winner we've had, which was mm. which is, you know, Actually, if we put it back to episode one, we had a yeah. few clear winners. That's our first one, clear winner. Well,
0: we've got yeah. Surprise, You're Dead versus Strip Search, two very, very different songs stylistically. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, uh, Moose, before, you mentioned the shirt that uh, um, Jim Martin wore in epic one clip. of the film clips was actually a band he was in with Cliff Burton. The reason I say that is because he wrote this riff while in that band. Oh, there yeah. What yeah, year did they write that? It was late seventies, so it, this predated Metallica. This riff.
2: So would have this is the band they're in was Ag- Ag- Dave Ag- Mustaine Ag- wasn't lurking around Cliff Burton then was he? Late seventies. Uh, no, because yeah, he was, he was with Hetfield, and that wasn't he? Because they brought yeah, in
0: because they recruited Cliff from another band from agents, I think. From because
2: surprise, you're dead. You can you can hear that real um, the down strumming. The, his is thrash roots there. What it reminds me of is The Conjuring dun, of Megadeth. So I was yeah. like, man, did they get that from Megadeth? But was the other way around now? It's exact notes I've sort of got Like, right. I hear this as The Conjuring. Dun, dun,
0: yeah. dun, 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 dun. On the same, like, out of all the riffs I've heard from, from Jim Martin, this is as Megadeth as you're ever going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas some of the other stuff, like, if you listen to uh, Zombie Eaters, for example, on The Real Thing. Very metallic, kind of bass, yeah. That acoustic intro. This is Megadeth all the way.
2: So, I think you may have both just talked about that song,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, okay, yeah, strip so search, yeah. So, so
1: the dentist, um, can we say, you? Do we need to discuss strip search or do we I'll have your winner? <laughs>
0: no, no, we do, we do because that's my winner. Ah, okay, we'll discuss away. I love Surprise You're Dead and I love it for the, all the reasons that Moose and I just talked about. Um, Uh, And extra credit too for that song using an exclamation point in the title as we do for Peter Podcast. Uh, But Strip Search, similar to um, A Small Victory, very unique in terms of the rest of the album, amazing vocal melody, great video, reminds me a little bit of Massive Attack. You know that song?
2: Teardrops.
0: (laughs) That's the one. And uh, I thought it contrasted really well, uh, just musically as well. So for me, in fact, it reminds me of, um, and this song come after it, was Emotion Sickness by Silverchair. I don't know if you guys remember that song off Neon Ballroom. That's the one. That is my favourite Silverchair song. Mine is. I know know yours is pure masculine. In
2: shade.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How good is Frogstomp, by the way?
2: What's disturbing is... Fourteen-year-olds wrote frogs, oh, They're singing about Suicide war in dream. Israel, suicidal yeah. dreams, pure massacres. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Why, why pick um, on the
0: frogs? No, so strip search for me. I um, Between these two, I love the thrashy elements of surprise, but strip search is the winner.
1: Yeah, all mm-hmm. right. Okay. Strip search.
2: Moose, thoughts? Uh, surprise, you're dead. Love it because actually doing the research, I was like, man, I, I was like, that is a Megadeth song. It's off Peace Cells. I uh, listened to Peace Cells again and I was like, man, that's such a great album. I feel Strip Search is a bit of a bad typo negative cover. It, the voice he does in it, he's, he's sort of doing a bad version of Peter Steele. I don't think that sort of, I don't think it suits Faith name all that. Um, so oh, it I, doesn't.
0: Yeah. It doesn't at all, but that's why I love it.
2: See, I like type of negatives so I just think it's it's a bit too gothic for Faith No More. So, I've gone with Surprise, You're Dead, just for the sheer fact. I just love the the, the thrash roots in it.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I thought this one, yeah, would have gone... Actually, I didn't know how this round was going to go. I, look, I, I think you guys covered it both pretty well. I was going to go, my, my pick is Surprise, um, You're Dead. Um, Strip Search is still a great song, but I just love the change up around, I think it's around the 1 minute 30 mark in the song in Surprise, You're Dead. Um, Faith no more, core move there, like just just mixing it up completely, yeah, and just just that thrashy bass, um, yeah, it, it's it's my it's my winner. Strip search is a like a good song. I like the sort of end of that song where it's got like the heavy bass and the heavy drums where he's like stripped to another change up, but I reckon yeah, surprise your Dead's a better winner over that one. So so we've got a two to one on that one. There you mm. go. Well, yeah, the I, just-
0: I said before, I think falling. Was it falling to pieces? The only one we've had a clear winner on. Yeah, this whole episode.
2: Yep. Um, Outros now. Edge of the World versus Pristina. We're pitting some classics here. Um,
0: (laughs) Really? I've got a clear winner on this
2: one. (laughs) I do too. I'll tell you why. But how about Cardi starts off? He's sort of been the the uh, The relative stepchild in the last couple of songs going last. So how about you go?
1: All right. Um, these two outros, well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not really a massive fan of, of either of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I think, Moose, maybe you're laughing, you're agreeing. I, I find them both pretty friggin' boring at times. Um, Pristina, um, very slow style. Not really to my liking. My notes here are, get me a pillow, I'm going to sleep. (laughs) Warm (laughs) Um, bath and a razor. Yeah, warm bath and a razor. (laughs) Down the whole plane. (laughs) Mike Mike mixes it up vocally again, but this song doesn't scream classic faith no more to me. It's just like they're having a bit of fun and just whacking it on the end of the album. Um, Edge of the World, very slow as well. Um, A loungy style of music. Probably their best example of that is uh, Evidence, or I guess Ashes to Ashes apart. But yeah, um, my winner on the outro is I wasn't really clear on either of them, but I, I listened to both of them a lot and I just went, I'd rather not listen to Pristana anymore <laughs> over Edge of the World. So I'm going Edge of the World. <laughs> um, uh, fair enough. Yeah, Go. What about you, Ed, Moose? Dentist, I'll
2: go here because I think you're probably going to give a more passionate answer than Cardi or myself.
0: <laughs> you, know me, you know me too well.
2: I think Edge of the World's probably – The intro into, it's probably the only song on Real Thing where Mike Patton might have had a bit more room to make some influence in it. When they say that everything was recorded before he wrote the lyrics, I find it hard that Jim Martin would would actually contribute to making this. I,
0: I, I thought the same thing.
2: Because this feels this feels like this is sort of the usher, end of Jim in the the songs before, it. and this is him. This is Mike Patton's sort of um, influence in the bank that's going to lead into the next album. Going on to Pristina, man, it takes a while to get into the song. Um, yeah. One thing I do like about it is the ending, part where the or- or- orchestric part. And, and It sort of reminds me of Life Eternal by Ghost. Nice, but. Really, with these two songs, I'm just picking the better one out of the two bad songs. Um, Pristina, just because of the ghost edge of the world, it's it doesn't even fit in with that album. I think I just yeah. don't know where it's going. Like you know, it, it, it'd be better off. It'd be better off on. It'd fit in better on Angel Dust.
0: It'd be better off on the Cutting Floor. I think is what you meant to say. <laughs> um, but I agree with you. The exact notes I've got here are. It reminded me of Black Velvet by Alana Miles without any good parts to it. <laughs> so I <laughs> oh. like Alana Miles, and if you Google her, she's actually a pretty good sort. Um, and I
3: Black that's
0: what that reminded me. It had that do up start. And yeah, the Mrs. Houston yeah, singing in karaoke. Good baits, yeah.
2: right? Yeah. you saying that it reminds me of bloody um, um, Frank Stallone. Yeah, I'm going to take it back. Do do do, do 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 do
3: take,
0: take it, it back. back, take it I back. I don't know a beat. Can we, can we cut for anyone? No, 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 absolutely <laughs> not. Do you know, if you watch the first two Rocky movies, right, the, uh, w- when Rocky's walking the streets and he goes- Yeah, they're the by window. the drum
2: fire.
0: By oh, the drum fire. That's his brother singing, Frank Stallone, Bruin. I love Take Me Back. I actually listened to it yesterday. Um, back to these songs, though. I agree with Moose. For me, pristine is actually pretty good, and if you, uh, I, I get,
2: I didn't say it's pretty good. I said it's better out of the two bad songs.
0: Okay, well, good correction. <laughs> but but, Cardi, you said, oh, you know, it kind of doesn't fit, or you know, it's very boring, doesn't do anything. I kind of disagree. It 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 starts off very sparse, but then, and it takes two and a half minutes to get to it. But at that two and a half minute mark, it, that bit there. They should have continued that entire song with, like just kept repeating that over and over and faded out at the end. If they did that, I think that would have been a clear winner for this one. In saying that, Edge of the World for me, I agree with Moose. It kind of doesn't fit with the real thing, but also really didn't fit with Faith No More anyway. And I know they're eclectic, but I just yeah. you know, didn't what resonate. It'd be so better on a me,
2: B-side on a single.
0: If that. Yeah, if that. I wouldn't have quit at all. If you're going to write a song like that, why wouldn't you give it to someone who does that kind of style? Or like if you're Atlanta trying Miles, to for example?:
2: I don't know. Why did Bloody Metallica do Lulu? Yeah, that was a mistake.: Someone someone You, you should delete it. <laughs> someone, someone no longer produces in music after that.
0: <laughs> well, here's another one. Should, have, should Metallica have gotten rid of Bob Rock? I, I get St. anger, but should they have continued.
2: They should have. They should have got rid of him after bloody Black album. Like you can't produce something that big and expect the like with the same. You know what I mean? And expect yeah. the same yeah, person to follow I, it up.
0: I didn't mind Load though. There were some good songs on that. It wasn't a great hey. album, but there were some pretty good songs.
2: They went with Jake Gillinghall and Aquaman too.
1: <laughs> nice entourage reference. If, if, look, um, if, you put, if you put Load and Reload versus
0: any of the albums before that, do they come close? We did this last week, didn't Um, we? (laughs) Yeah, we kind of referenced Reload versus Master of Puppets. But what if you went Load versus Death Magnetic, for example? Okay. Well, okay, I'd have to go through that probably. Yeah. You get what I'm saying though? Yeah. Like maybe towards Hardwired where it's a little bit more thrashy, it's a little bit harder. But Sane Anger and Death Magnetic, I thought they were probably their two weakest albums outside of Reload, of course. And Uh, like, like... Sorry, you go. No, I was gonna say load. Like, there's some songs on that, like "Bleeding Me," uh, "Outlaw Torn," uh, "Ain't My Bitch." Yeah, it's it's wasting my hate. It's pretty good songs on. Okay, there. I'll but, give you that. "Ain't My Bitch" is a good song.
1: Ain't you my ain't my bitch.
0: bitch,
2: but I think, yeah. um, but I think that's a mad song. Actually, it's pretty good. I think everyone, but when, remember when Death Magnetic came out, everyone was like, oh, fuck, sick, is back there. They were But then you actually listen a few times. And I think when it first came out, everyone was just like, thank fuck, it's not like St. Anger.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> they definitely the were. Bit,
0: the bit that, but I was like that, Moose. I heard um, the day that never comes. I, I remember it clearer, uh, clearly. I was on the way back from Canberra, driving back to the gong, and uh, it came on the radio. I was in the middle of nowhere, I was in like up the top of Jimber Mountain. On a
2: road of nowhere.
0: But it got to that thrashy bit where it really takes off, and I was hmm. just like, holy shit, they're back. And then you heard the rest of the album, and you're like, oh, maybe they're not. Yeah, that, that song, that that's that song was three. a standout. That was a mad song. It was good. Oh, I didn't mind Unforgiven Three. And I used to love when Moose used to go, because you're Unforgiven Three. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: You're right. When you put it that way, it just doesn't It, does, it doesn't work. And in would fact, a, I
0: remember- What about Unforgiven 4? You reckon that's coming around? Oh, yeah. oh, I will, absolutely. But going to Hardwired, some of those songs on there, I remember hearing Hardwired the song for the first time and Brownie messaged me Uh and he says, how good is this? And I wrote back straight away, I said, reminds me of Slayer, the intro. You know, that really- yeah, it was very different. It was,
1: it was very different to some of the other stuff I'd done before that, like totally different yeah. to Load Reload. <laughs> maybe not different to San Anger and a style, but San Anger was a shit style of shit version of that, whereas Hardwired was good.
2: If yep. you made San Anger the first three songs and the last three songs as an album, six songs, you maybe chuck in one instrumental like they used to in the 80s, you have seven songs. That. I know they did eight in the 80s, but you'd have a good album then.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. So, so the running tally is: Do you want to do the the? Uh, you want to do it this time, Moose? Yeah, okay.
0: Calculating, four to, calculating.
2: Four, four to one to the real thing. Yep. 100%. So that one means
0: wow. that's a, the same margin.
2: Yep. Okay, but before we announce it, I've got to say, guys, we have another
0: quick per
2: per per per. All right, boys, 20 seconds each, favorite non-single song from The Real Thing and album of the year, and then which one of those is your favorite? How about we start with you, The Dentai? All
0: right, so I had two that I could barely split. One was The Real Thing and one was Zombie Eaters from The Real Thing album. Mm. Uh, The Real Thing, great track, Sabbath pacing, awesome vocals, Uh, one of the longer tracks, eight minutes, and uh, some great live tracks, but... I'm going with Zombie Eaters because of the Metallica references all the way throughout it. Uh, Fade to Black, Opening Riff, Event uh, Sevenfold kind of influence there. Uh, and if Metallica actually covered that for s and I thought it would have been an awesome cover. Uh, Collision, I think you met, uh, referenced it before, Moose, from uh, Album of the Year. I love this song. Uh, between those two, I'm going to go Zombie Eaters just because of the Metallica references. Uh, huge Metallica fan and it just does me.
1: Nice. Cardigan? All uh, right. So, from um, out on the i I'm going naked in front of the computer. One, because that's my daily job. You took my joke, <laughs> asshole. And two. And, and two, because that's what you are right now. And two, I'm naked in, in, this, in this podcast right now.
0: I'm touching <laughs> myself. That's a fucking please.
1: joke. Um, nah, I've look, had
0: I, I've had all this whole time.
1: Oregon Naked in front of the computer is a mad song, actually. I like the um
3: Yeah.
1: Orig Oregon is a mad song. Okay, um Real Thing. Um I'm going, the real thing. That that's my favourite song from um. Yeah. it's it's a classic Faith No More song. Um I think it's gotta be on most people's greatest hits list for Faith No More. Um Yeah. We'll see if it's on the ultimate hard hard to go past. I'm gonna go the real thing. Um, I'm like you, Cardi. I've gone
2: naked in front of the computer. You stole my one line, which is going to be your working day at home. Um, <laughs> for the real thing, it was it was close. Real thing. I love that song, but I couldn't go past War Pigs. And out of both of them, War Pigs is my favourite. I just love nice. the outro. Generals the, gathered in the The guitar outro. I just love the new, 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 I love that bit, and he's done it. He's done it exactly like Tommy Ami, um, as you said, dentist. Your favourite zombie eaters so It had that um, Metallica fade to black. I f- I found that the start was um, very yeah the the slower songs by um, Black Sabbath. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well,
2: I, f- I heard Black what Sabbath changes in that. In
0: that. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, okay. Yeah, well, I, I will admit, I found it hard to split Real Thing and Zombie It Is. And actually, when we get to our ultimate album, I'll explain that a little bit more. But um, <clears throat> like Real Thing for me, great song. Surprised it wasn't a single. Yeah, I know. Even that Edge of the World was put forward as a promotional single. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, there, was, there, was, there were better songs on that, remember, album than that one. Remember songs.
2: Remember we saw Faith No More about five years ago at um,
0: Soundwave. Soundwave
2: and they kept yeah, teasing. was awesome. They kept teasing that intro to Real Thing, and they never played it. I mm. oh, remember my look on my face.
0: Yeah, oh, it was no, no, it was, it like was when not. <laughs> I was going to say was it was not as bad. Yeah, it was not as bad as the look on your face when <laughs> I think it was like two years before that. You went to you know, it was a slave's last concert. I think Jeff Dunhaman died after that too.
2: No, no, we saw them two years. We saw them two years before. It was the there was the one about four years before at Sydney.
0: Yeah, yeah, when they pulled out because um, Tom had laryngitis or something, he was in hospital. The look on your face, I've never seen a more devastated man in my life. All
2: right. So just going off um, the two rounds, we've got Angel Dust and The Real Thing 8-2, to two. Um, looking like we're more in favour of the Jim Martin era, but we're going to go now on to our Ultimate Albums. And it was 12 songs each?
0: Yes. 12 songs each, Yep,
2: yeah. Yep. This will give us actually the better indication of where we sit because pitting the songs against each other, where they come in opener and singles and whatnot, it can sometimes give that unfair advantage, like as I found with Ashes to Ashes versus Epic and Eric, you did with Evidence. But I think in this, these ultimate albums, we'll see, I guess, where we do favour really. Um, does to, is what you want. Yeah, is anyone wanna put their hand up on who's starting?
1: Yeah, I, I can I can lead off if you want. Go, okay, C man. All right. So my twelve and in order. Um <laughs> C- <laughs> Man. Sounds like I'm over. Like, See you next Tuesday. Um, <laughs> it's Seaman. <laughs> I'm
0: Seaman. That's exactly what I was just thinking. <laughs>
1: um so, I went similar to episode one of Peter Podcast. Go listen to it if you haven't already, um, where I've tried to structure my greatest hits. So, it's got a bit of water. Uh, so, opener, I've got Land of Sunshine. Number two, Dig in the Grave. Number three, Gentle Art of Making Enemies. Number four, From Out of Nowhere. Number oh,
0: five. Very, hang on. Very high tempo. Interesting. Yep. yep Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm bombarding the pace and I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Uh, Be aggressive, still pretty high tempo. Uh, Midlife crisis, fall into pieces. Uh, The real thing, everything's ruined, had to make an appearance. Uh, Ashes to ashes, ricochet, and then to close it out, epic. Um, And for the viewers at home, that's a solid mix of uh four songs from angel dust uh three from King for a day uh, four from the real thing and only one from album of the year so
2: eight wow. to four Jim in the lead for you mm. all right so I'm um, I've gone again you know and done it in a fashion of how I'd want, want to listen to an album on tape um, I started off with collision nice heavy. Bring in going into epic as the second song, following the real thing there sort of um, midlife crisis into digging the grave, uh, followed by ashes to ashes going um, then to falling to pieces, um, Thrashing it out with surprise you're dead. Uh, next is everything's ruined, then a small victory. Got some nice melody in there then coming into the real thing and then next the gentle art of making enemies and then finish off with the ending riff of war pigs nice. and then the track rings out for a minute and a half and the secret song is easy as a secret 13th song
1: <laughs> nice oh, that's, that's <laughs> a me. secret thir- you sneaky bastard um but so
2: not including easy is the secret song that puts me in one two three, four, five, six,
1: seven, eight, eight to four, Jim. Wow. I, I, think, you cha- I think you cheated with a secret song, all right?
2: No, no, I haven't included that in in, in the tally, but if, if the listeners keep listening, you get that secret song, which easy does fit in as more of a secret song than an album song for Faith No More, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not something like if you yeah. want to really think it, like it fits more in of something that's come in, you know, as an
1: I, extra I, I found it really hard to stick to 12 I probably chopped and changed oh, a couple of times so where I I'll listen to a song and go no, nah, you're not worthy of it drop it put something else in and go actually you were better than that put it back in um, I must admit though that Moose made a fatal error of sharing his album in the public space on Spotify so I was preview to it during the week um, learned that there's a private button mate alright just give me a heads up there
2: okay Next time, time I'll touch the private part. That's his <laughs> response. Okay, <laughs> and hit the private button. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <classic>. so, <laughs>
0: can, Before I get into mine, can I just ask where you guys landed from the gym versus no gym? Moose, I think you said eight to two.
2: Eight to four. Eight to four, and uh, the
1: Cardi eight is the four, same.
0: Sorry. Yeah. the yep. same. Yeah, I've got a six by six split.
1: Ooh, Ooh. you've always been offensive. Doesn't.
0: Mm. Well, it didn't surprise me though, because if I look at back at the round one. I actually favoured King Friday over Dust.
1: All right, let's let's hear it. Let's let's lay out those tracks.
0: Well, based and on the feedback slash criticism that I got from uh, episode <laughs> one, I actually structured this like a proper album, as though you know, if I was releasing this myself. On Spotify, so I started with
1: Best uh, time you pulled on, your out. On that Spotify, ago.
0: yeah. And if you want to listen to our uh, ultimate albums on Spotify, just head to uh, Pitted. Uh, podcast on Spotify or head to our um, Instagram page at Pitted Podcast and all the links are there in the link tree. Anyway, I've got Ashes to Ashes leading off. uh, Straight in there from out of nowhere, that up-tempo sort of vibe. Bringing it straight back down with a small victory. uh, That Chinese piano intro which I cannot get out of my mind now. Thank you, Moose. Uh, Into evidence. I know you guys kind of went away from it, but for my ultimate album, from a listening point of view, I thought pretty good place for number four. Uh, Straighting the falling for pieces to bring it back up again, uh, into the abrasive digging the grave, uh, slowing it down yet again with the real thing, which to be honest beat out Zombie Eaters by a hair. Good job between those two. Yeah, between those two for that position. Um, into an absolute smoky for King for a day. Which I don't think anyone's actually mentioned yet. No, no, no. Yeah, well, it, was so, on my, it was on my shortlist. Um, it got cut, yeah, it was on my shortlist, but and the more I kept listening to it, I just I couldn't go past it. So it had a very uh Alice in Chains vibe for me with the acoustic, you know, reminding me of that like Jar of Flies kind of EP from Alice in Chains. Oh, nutshell, sure. uh, in fact, yeah, not, all that sort of stuff. So, in fact, when I first heard it, I was just waiting for Lane and, and Jerry the harmony and it didn't come and i was like oh that's a bit weird but um once it got to that i think the first chorus it was uh, just exploded and i'm like oh, fuck that's an awesome song so made my list fade that into midlife crisis straight into the gentle art of making em- uh, enemies which is again just for me the the riff just after the start chords is probably as good as faith no more's ever done so that makes the list for that reason in a Strip Search, again, just that kind of out-of-the-box out kind of the sound. And uh, like Carter, finished with Epic. It's, uh, that piano outro is just too good. Mm. So that's my, uh, my top 12. It's a six-by-six six split, Jim uh, versus No Jim. Um, and it, you know, if you actually go back to what I said before in the album versus album, it was King for a Day. Uh, in round one, and it was a uh, real thing in round two. So I've literally got a down the line decision for Jim versus no Jim. Mm. So if you had to pick Jim yeah.
1: or no Jim, make a decision.
2: Yeah. So, okay. So, 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 okay. So, Cardi, we've obviously got a clear winner out of the two rounds and our two ultimate albums. It's from this episode, it's Jim. But for Dentist, he's split down the middle. Yep. For him to split his own tiebreak, your one favourite song of all four albums
1: and why?
0: That's a big ask. 20 seconds. Go. Decide. 20 seconds. Jesus. Can we get some Jeopardy countdown music? (laughs) Hang (laughs) on. We have some Chinese piano music intro or something. The way I see the two eras is the first era with Jim is very thrashy and all that sort of stuff. The latter is more punky, but I'm going to boil it down to album, not song. Yeah. And the album I kept going back to was King for a Day. Okay. I've, yeah. also, I've always been the real thing. as my favorite Faith No More. But doing the research for this album, I just could not stop listening to the King for a Day. So for me that splits it. I um, I'm going the non gym era as my favourite.
2: But if we're going on point scores alone, uh, four to one to Angel Dust, four to one the real thing, and the Cardigan and myself have both gone eight to four Jim Martin albums on our ultimate album. So that puts well uh, that puts well the dentist who yeah, who picked the non gym era, what a shithead, as Jim Quite would say. A shithead. Yep. And if he speaks again, we'll say shut your hole. <laughs> but Jim Martin's the winner tonight.
0: I'll "Go to Hell" by Megadeth. That's <laughs> a good
2: song. So out of our Jim No More episode, the Jim Martin era of Faith No More is the winner tonight. Yeah, and it's... a good win, a good win as well. But what yeah. I want to say is this: this last month, just revisiting these albums and probably giving, um, you know. Album of the Year, actually a bit more airtime. It's been so good mm. listening to um, Faith No More. I have not got s- sick of it once. Yep. As we said before the podcast, we were, by, by the end of the month's research for the Foo Fighters album, as much as we love Foo Fighters, it was getting exhausting. And
1: um, yeah, like, I'll, um, I'll, keep, I'll keep listening to Faith No More after like, I this. Cause, um, no, what, I, what I think absolutely.
2: though is um, Angel Dust is my favorite album the, for, from them. And I think because the way I've been, you know, I did my two rounds against the songs against each other and just having Angel Dust songs come in and out all the time, I just love his vocal melody in those two albums.
3: Yeah.
2: Like, you know, um, Midlife Pri- midlife Crisis is my favourite song by the Yeah, but like yeah. like like, you know, King for a Day is awesome. You know, and, and Album of the Year it probably hasn't, you know, I think Mike, said, definitely- Mike, Mike said that it's, I think I've read just briefly when we were doing the research that he does he didn't really like that album in the end.
0: Yeah. I, um, I think it's their weakest album. It had a couple of good songs, but as an album it was pretty weak.
2: yeah, how much we said um you can hear System of a Down or King for a Day. The System oh. of the Down drummer actually um stated that um album of the year is one of his favourite albums, which he gets inspiration from.
0: Really? Yeah. Mm. Sure.
2: And you listen to that and it doesn't – it's not like King for a Day where you can hear, man, yeah. you can hear that, you know, that really fast talking, singing against the yeah. – just the snare and the you – know, like, 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 like gentle art.
0: Like, mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, look, from an influence point of view, I thought um, uh, King for a Day on new metal and some of the post-hardcore punk kind of movement – I thought King for a Day was was pretty much absolute. Going back to the new metal specifically, I thought Angel Dust. That's what kind of sparked it. Uh, We referenced before that Ghost. I mean, there's multiple songs. There's multiple songs in there where I'm like, literally, I I can just see Cardinal Copia standing up there singing that song, and I have no idea that it was a Faith No More song.
2: But the funny thing is, like, as much as by the way,
0: by the way. Cardinal Copia is my favourite iteration of Tobias.
2: Now, nah, I like Puppet. Um, I think Puppet 2.
0: Puppet 2.
1: I knew you were going yeah. to for that. Yeah. Um, Did, that? Do, do we want to throw in a fun fact of some of the other alternate names they had for some of the songs we've been rattling off? Of course. The uh, Velvet Hammer was the original name for... Uh, uh, Carol oh, ...Verdor, v- 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 <laughs> um, a.k.a. The <laughs> Flying one. Dick. Um, the first Thanks song, for the Spanish was, translation. The, fl- the first song was Uh, uh Pattern two was the original name for, and you guys will find this funny. The gentle art of making enemies. <laughs> what else have we got? I, I think I mentioned Nirvana for Ricochet. Um, yep. And, and uh, with uh, that, Dergi, D- D- DJ for the last to know.
2: You say, you say they changed Nirvana to Ricochet. They released. King for a Day, early 95?
1: Um, I, I believe they did change it because of... Because
2: um, he uh, killed himself? Yeah. But it's funny they changed the ricochet. What does a bullet do?
1: I, I think I don't I think know, would know I don't why know they funny. changed it because yeah. no one would have found it funny at the time.
2: <laughs> so, no, no, but uh, I'm not funny. I mean, it's um,
0: well, did, incidental. Did he, li- did he write the lyrics about Kurt Cobain? Yeah, the,
1: like the the lyrics are pretty... The lyrics are pretty brutal when you go back and look at, um, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, if you use that in a serious way, um, it's it's always it's always funny until someone loses an eye, you know. The opposite of that yeah. is it's always funny until someone gets hurt and then it's hilarious. It's always so.
2: funny until grunge loses a singer.
0: Yeah. chicks <laughs> a oh. high school cry. Yeah. Can someone check on Eddie Vedder, please? <laughs> All right. So...
2: This, this episode was a contrast to the first episode where we had most of the songs, well, pretty in equal agreement. This one, even though the scorecard wouldn't say it, there was a lot of, you know, we all had conflicting, splitting yeah. decisions between songs that were hard. That probably segues way into probably what episode three. I think our next episode is going to be one hell of an episode to try and split.
0: Yeah, so look. We've gone the 90s pretty much the last two episodes. We're going to continue that trend, but we're going to ramp it up. We've got Nirvana Nevermind versus Alice in Chains Dirt versus Soundgarden Super Unknown versus Pearl Jam 10. Arguably the biggest albums from any of the big four grunge bands. So we're putting them all against each other to determine uh, what is the best. And uh, I think this one's not gonna be as clear cut as people think. Everyone thinks that Nirvana, you know, that's they're the ones who broke grunge, they're the ones who brought the the underground to the mainstream. But like, all you've got to do is actually think about those other three albums. This oh my god,
2: it's brack on my head already. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm just having a look at them now and I'm like,
1: Jesus Christ, this is gonna yep. it's gonna suck in how heart. It's gonna
2: I listened to ten the other day and I'm like every single song I'm going, how the fuck what's yep. better than this? So
1: let's <laughs> yeah, and I'm let's just gonna do it.
0: I'm, I'm it's looking the same at it now. As dirt, exactly.
1: Let's look at this now. Even Flow, Alive, Wigo, Black, Jeremy, Ocean's Porch, Garden Deep, Release.
0: <laughs> Good luck. You know what I yep. mean? Like, well, then you got
1: what? You got dirt, you got it's, bloody. It's,
0: it's, smells like Teen Spirit, In Bloom, Come As You Are, yeah. Lithium.
2: Uh, yeah. Lithium.
0: It's uh, uh, a yeah, lithium, poly, lithium poly. Territorial pissing. Territorial pissing. Great song.
2: Can I tell you a funny story about never mind. I remember I was, what, 11 years old. I saved up all my money. Mum took me, I had, I had PWSA rep trials for footy that day and then mum was taking me to the record shop after the buy So I played the rep trials. After it went to the record shop, I think it was Shelby Square, get in there and I've got Nevermind tape off and I'm looking at the back of it and mum comes over and goes, oh, territorial pissing, I don't like the sound of that. I walk in there to buy Nirvana, Nevermind. I walk out with fucking reggae hits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember you had that album too because we listened to it going, what the fuck is this?
2: <laughs> Nevermind didn't um, eventuate until I was a bit older.
1: I'm just looking at Dirt now by Alison James and like, Jesus Christ, you got them Bones, Down in a Hole, Rooster, Dirt, Angry oh, Chair bad. and
2: finishing Damn on that the-
1: Damn yeah. that
3: river.
0: Damn that river. it's right, going
3: You've got let it
0: drown, or let me drown. Sorry, you've got my yep. wave. You've got fate. Uh, Fell on black days. Mailman, uh, spoon man. You've got black hole sun.
2: Fucking good man. Song. It's going to be a good episode. I can't a bit
0: wait. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So okay, before we go really quickly, I've already said what album I prefer to listen to from Faith No More. Originally, it was The Real Thing, and but I'm actually digging King for a Day at the moment. After all of the research that you guys did, what's the album that you're loving at the moment from Faith and More? Angel Dust. Angel Dust. Wow. Okay. That's just because was, we yeah. both
2: have a chronic drug problem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, the comments that we're getting on the pitted page was everyone was going, oh, clear winner, Angel Dust. I don't think it was that clear cut. I don't think it was that clear cut, but there's some cracking, cracking
1: songs on that album. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, guys. So we've, Very covered,
1: good. we've covered episode three. I think so we've, pit, we've
2: pitted Faith No More against each other. Jim is the winner.
1: Sir yes. James Martin was the winner. Sir James.
2: Stations.
1: Yeah.
2: I'd like to thank everyone tonight listening to Jim No More. Um, we've had fun uh, researching this episode together. And well done, Jim. You are the true winner. We'll see you guys next time for the Seattle Big Four.
1: It's been a great episode. Thanks, boys.